Hi there. I want to remind you that you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv to get so much stuff at the $5 and $10 levels, extra shows, full episodes of shows, all of that. Uh, you can also be thanked on the show. So we would like to thank Axel, Stephen Burke, Cameron Pfeiffer, Goblin Society, and Choppin Boyer. Sorry if I mispronounced any of those, uh, but I did the best I could. Once again, that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Now, let's get into it. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. My name is Matt Campbell. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are continuing our discussion of Final Fantasy X. Um, picking up uh, with the Jose Temple, we ended the last episode by talking about the perilous and failed Operation Meehan. Uh, the people of mm-hmm. Spira trying out some machina to take out Sin and failing abjectly. Mm-hmm. Abjectly. Yeah. Yep. Abject suffering. <laughs> the um. And as you can hear, we are joined again by Matt. Matt, thank you for joining us again. Yeah. No. Thanks for having me again, guys. Isn't it surreal for for us? It's only been a couple seconds, but for people listening, Matt, it's been a week. Yeah. It's a long. We week. are. It's like we got taken out of Xanarkand, <laughs> and now we're in the a future in the week. Or like we're a week <laughs> in the future. Yep. We can yeah. lord it over them for a while too. I haven't seen like a lot of media that deals with really short range time travel. <laughs> you know, like if you're just like, like what well, if you can time travel ahead eight hours, hmm. AKA sleep. <laughs> <laughs> AKA ambient. Yeah. AKA ambient. AKA ZQL. <laughs> um, like what, like the melatoninist or whatever, like that NBC series is. Yeah. Um, oh, so um, no. we should, we should get, get going. Oh yeah. We got, we got Josie up. So we're, mm-hmm. we're heading towards Jose Temple, um, and we arrive at the temple, um, which is the actual Mushroom Rock of Mushroom Rock Road. Right. Um, and this is a lightning zone. Like, it is shrouded in lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get there, we meet another one of our supporting cast, um, kind of like one that th- there's not a whole lot to. Right, right. Um, he, 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 Isaru, he ends up being a, like a kind of kind of a gatekeeper a little bit later. But yeah, this yeah. is Isaro. He's another uh, another summoner. Yep. And he loves Braska. He's a Braska fanboy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, you go into this temple, and it's another sphere temple. Um, <laughs> golly, shock. Golly, golly, golly gee. This one involves uh, taking Jose spheres and uh, charging them with electricity to open doors and yep. such. Yep, it's it's themed. It's 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 more of these. Um, it is kind of neat how you have to charge one up and then uh, like put it into the pedestal to make it float in the electric field. I thought that mm-hmm. was pretty clever. Um, mm-hmm. But that, you know, other otherwise, it's pretty, pretty bog standard. And uh, after this, Dona's haughtiness toward you uh, is a bit undercut by the fact that Barthello is completely fanboying out about Oren. Yeah, 
Yeah, PCs. <laughs> we found his weakness. Yep. <laughs> big strong man, like big strong man. <laughs> yep. The uh, strength respects <laughs> strength. Strength. Yeah, game recognized game. Yeah. Uh, Oran would hate to be considered game with Bar Barthello, I am sure. Yeah. Um, as as you're doing this, Tony, you're having this little scene where uh, Dona wants to, um, you know, badmouth you, but Barthello, you know, is, is taken. Uh, Yuna emerges with her new faith um, from the faith with Ixion, her new her new summon. Yeah, it's like and, a like a lightning unicorn kind of kind yeah. of thing, but its unicorn is weirdly scythe shaped. Yeah, not not Rama for yeah. some reason. Ixion is not my real dad. Yeah, you're not my real jack. Um, the uh, and the kind of special ability of this is that uh, it will remove buffs mm. from enemies, yeah. which I ended up actually remembering like way late and using in a boss fight later. Yeah. Um, even though I don't think I used it any other time. Yeah, dispels pretty far along Yuna's uh, Yuna's Seer Seer Grid. So if mm -hmm. this ends up being a good like pinch hitter to solve some problems for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're continuing our pilgrimage. And uh, we go where next stop is the Moonflow River. Yeah. Uh, the subject of many songs, I presume. Mm -hmm. um, any body of water is going to have dramatic fireflies. It's basically souls floating over top of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send them shits. Hmm. So um, on our way there, Ronzo, uh, some more Ronzo show up and taunt Kamari again for being a runt, but also give a warning that we've received a couple of times before kind of introducing this new peril. There are summoners being pulled off of the road, like they're disappearing at an alarming rate. Um, mm -hmm. and nobody can really account for why, uh, these Ronzo are basically just saying, you know, Kamari, you're inept. You won't protect them from this and really just being jerks because everybody who is not in your crew is a jerk. Is, is Ronzo Swanson a thing? <laughs> can that be a thing? <laughs> I think you just made it Please a thing. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like all the, the eggs, all eggs, all, Ronzo eat all eggs, Ronzo eat all bacon. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> that's so dumb. Pretty good mountain. Uh, <laughs> the, um, they're calling their very holy mountain. Um, no, it's actually good though. It's not dumb. Um, <laughs> it's good, good, good and dumb are not mutually exclusive. No, I, no, I just. Um, so they're saying like, "Hey, summoners are disappearing," and we will we will find out why yeah. a little bit later. Um, we get to this river. We're introduced to another like a failed mascot character. <laughs> you know, like usually, usually if there's a form of transportation in a Final Fantasy game, they end up being, you know, they show up in later games and stuff. But nobody, nobody loved the shoe puff or the bug man. Yeah, uh, enough. So but, like, the, there are a couple yeah. of these weird servitor races that pop up from time to time. Like later on, there's there's a group of instrument people. Like it's from Machinarium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, servitor races. Yeah, it's, it's very much what it is. It's <laughs> very monstrous monster Malium or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the shoe puff, uh, these are the, uh, elephants, gigantic elephants, uh, that weirdly that like, they don't, they don't feed, like they don't eat and they don't poop. The biggest, uh, the best assumption people can make is that they eat plankton in the, in the sea that they pull from, you know, they pull yep. through their schnozzes. Yeah. And the poop just stays inside them. Yes. Until they, they, die. they get bigger and bigger until they explode. They explode like a corpse flower uh, <laughs> on death and just every, all the, the weird little bug men have to move. Um, this is also, I think this is the same one. Like, I can't remember if it's through a sphere or Ron just tells you that when you're on your, when uh, he was on the pilgrimage with Jekt and Braska, Jekt like picked a fight with one of these things. He was so drunk that and, he thought it was a monster. Yeah, I thought it was a fiend. Yep. Yeah, yep. He attacked it, and it has the shoe puff here has a scar on its leg. That is so good. I like which that is a pretty. Lot. That's pretty great. Like it's a cool little detail. Like yeah, yeah. 
it's I mean it's great uh it, it's it's great characterization for for Jack too right yeah because this like the like after that he never touched another drop because he made a fool of himself and he also like he he damn it like he damaged the mission like he had to um like they had to give up all of their gill like in recompense for it yep yep so, so yeah the drunken carney is now just a carney yeah, right. so so, so ooh, the yeah. sober carnies. That's a, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a, a scout band. band. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as you cross on this, uh, the shoe puff and everybody, everybody loves the idea of riding on the shoe puff. Uh-huh. It's real weird too. Like they talk about like when I was a kid, like I remember my first shoe puff. <laughs> it's, like, it's this weird, like, and they never come up again. Like it's yeah. this cultural institution here. Yeah. Um, but everyone, everyone yeah, but loves these shoe puffs. They're not very safe. Cause you hear a story about how when Yuna was younger, she fell off of it a bunch of times and Kamari had to keep going in and saving her. And mm-hmm. then while you're yeah. on it, somebody falls in. <laughs> <laughs> Like I think seatbelts are... might help on the shoe puff, but uh, I mean that, that, that is that is forbidden by the teachings. Yeah, that's machina, dude. <laughs> like bite your yeah. tongue. I'm sorry. <laughs> Seatbelt machina. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So so you're crossing, and as you're crossing, you see the sunken city. You learn a little bit about that war that caused Sin to appear. Yeah. Uh, that mentioned where like you know they'd use tons of machina in the war, and Sin popped up. Um, and Yevon says there are some machina you can use and some that you can't. Like you actually are starting to question the dogma, right? Yes, yeah, so some machina more, are more equal than others. Basically, what what Yevon doesn't want people to do um, is develop weapons um, yeah. or like make things too terribly convenient. But certain machina can be used like in service of the church. Yes. Yep. It's all a pretty arbitrary. Yeah. And again, like it seems like it's going to be like this game is going to be mostly about a criticism of religion. Because a lot of religions are made up of fairly arbitrary things, mm-hmm. you know, um, rules. So the Albed uh, sent a machine at you called the Extractor. Uh, this is this is a real kidnapping attempt, not a uh, a fake, you know, football Yeah, pitching machine attempt. It's, it's not sports uh, crimes. Yeah. yeah, this is not sport crime. This is a, a summoner crime. Uh, this machine called the Extractor. Um. And uh, this is, uh, you're fighting it with Titus and Waka. Um, if you have lightning on your weapons, you'll do really well, but um, you maybe don't. But yep. you can switch equipment. And so you can switch to a lightning-powered weapon if you have one. Yeah. It's a fun, It's a fine fight. I think this is the second time that Yuna has been held captive underwater. Yeah. It keeps <laughs> happening. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so we reach kind of a midway point. The shoe puff needs to rest up so we can make the rest of the village. Um, fortunately, though, we're near a settlement. And also... Um, since we destroyed that extractor, uh, it's pilot washed up on the shore. It's our good friend Riku. Yep. And, and boy, did they uh, give her an introduction. <laughs> A little yep. unnecessary. Yep, yep. Whenever Riku's not on the stage, everyone should be asking, where's Riku? Uh, yeah, I mean, like she she removes her diving suit like she's Solid Snake. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, it's also, Waka is not very good at being racist because... After this fight, he goes on about how the Albed are stealing their jobs and like how we need to build a wall and stuff. But then when he sees Riku, he doesn't recognize her as an Albed, despite the fact that she has the weird spiral eyes right. that the Albed have. And she's just so obviously an Albed. Right. You know, like in this world, it feels like racism would be easy because people wear costumes. Like I could be racist against the Crusaders because they all wear weird mismatching uniforms with tons of 45 degree angles, you know? Um, but he just doesn't see it. And it's just like, there's a little bit of awkwardness that keeps popping up. Like again, people keeping secrets for, you know, reasons in this game. Yeah. I you know, mean, if people. he didn't, if he didn't notice by, by her eyes, he should have noticed when 
Titus said, well, she's I'll bet that never mind. I'll bet that we can show her a good meal. Why don't you? Better, you better, you bet. Um, yeah, she's I'll bedwetter. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, it's just it's he's just Waka is very slow on the uptake uh, in general. Incredibly dense. Um, but yeah, uh, so Yuna forgives uh, Riku pretty much right away because they're cousins. Yep, and Riku whispers this in her ear. We don't know this yet. Right. Riku whispers in Yuna's ear, and then Yuna goes, she's going to join us, and everyone's pretty much okay with that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Waka would not be in a, like, a guess who's coming to dinner scenario, but nobody tells him who's coming to dinner. Right, so. and and nobody tells him that his ward is half out bed. So, yep. yeah. W- Waka has been living a lie uh, <laughs> his entire life. So, uh, we can head into Guada Salam. This is the home city of the Guado, the race that Seymour is half. Um, kind of like weird tree people. They all have like weird hair, like some yeah. like, some bark going on on their skin, something like that. And they live yeah. in like a weird tree. Yeah, yep. and weird long arms too. Like they're very they're a strange. They don't map onto our traditional fantasy race, mm-hmm. which I like it when Final Fantasies do that. Like usually, you know, Final Fantasies will have bespoke races, but like a lot of times they'll just have dwarves. Yeah, and stuff. And the, these guys are pretty weird looking. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get there, you're summoned to Seymour's house. Seymour live, lives here, uh, and Seymour up here is takes you to his house, and he has a hollow deck, like like kind of like uh, Red Thirteen's grandpa, mm-hmm. um, and shows you these visions of the past. Right, um, like, show, like showing like past pilgrimages and such like that. Yeah, you know, showing him specifically Unalesca, uh, the you know summoner. Yeah, no, the the the, the priestess that she's named after. Yep. The, the, who's the first one to defeat sin. Right. Um, and he says, Hey, you know, like wants to marry her. Yeah. Let, like, let's recreate some of that magic. <laughs> yeah. Like, like these two summoners uh, being married and, and having things like that's a, it's a tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Um, Oron objects to this because Oron is the most sensible character that we have in our party. Other than like Lulu and Oron are the two sensible characters yeah. who say the things I'm, I'm yelling at the characters <laughs> on screen generally. Um, and says like, this is, this is a, uh, this is going to just be a sham. Right. Right. You know? Well, like, like Seymour's justification, like, you know, it's not love. It's more like a, you know, a, an arrangement of political convenience saying like, yes. oh, if, you know, if the maester was to marry the daughter of Lord Brasca, this great hero, wouldn't that be a boon for the people? You know, wouldn't that spread as much joy, much more joy than if you went about it alone. And it brings up this weird ethical imperative that the summoners have, which is, you know, is our duty to defeat sin or is it to ease the burden of the uh, of Spira um, as it goes? And obviously yes. the duty is to beat sin. Yes, that's that's the reason why this is silly to me. Like yeah. the fact that this is such a consideration and she does go for it mm-hmm. um, eventually is feels very bad to me. Yeah. Uh, like as a as a choice for for, you know, to make like focus for a second, mm-hmm. girl, you know, like, you know, like sin is you've seen it wipe out so many populations on the way like. You know, uh, I understand the church's whole their villain idea is that it's better for people to be happy and still die, mm-hmm. you know, than not. But that's not Yuna's idea. Like she seems up until this point, like fairly sensible and like she's got her eyes on the prize. No, yeah. you know, and nobody likes this. Like nobody likes this plan. Yeah, this you is know? this is where we get that great um, line reading from uh, mm-hmm. from, from Seymour. You know, Oren raises the objection saying this is absurd. And Seymour looks right at him and says, why are you still here, sir? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, in, in one sense, like, why are you in this room while I'm doing this business? But I mean, there are no spoilers. This is an old game. Uh, or an ought not be. Yeah. You know, Guado can sense the far plane. Uh, 
it is it's the best foreshadowing they do in the game. Oh yeah. Not just with this, but also every time. Uh, so it's it's pretty, actually pretty inconsistent. But every time Yuna does ascending, he mm-hmm. like makes an excuse to leave. Uh huh. Um, because it will hit him. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want to get sent away. <laughs> that's and an that, that's really really cool. Like it's a cool thing that happens. Later, he's in the room when sendings happen, and so the rules feel a little inconsistent. Yeah. Um, once they've done the reveal, pretty much. Yeah. You know, they just let like they let it go, but it's a cool thing up until that point. Right. Um, and it just adds like it's a really interesting thing for his character. Like Oran's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, but then Titus has a way of r- ruining these nice moments, like when he says that the Guado are keen to the scent of the far plane, <laughs> and then Titus yeah. starts smelling him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a little weird. <laughs> Yep. Oh man. Um, oh, Titus. I can't like, smell anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's just they really just suck the air out of that moment. He's a sociopath. He can't. <laughs> he cannot empathize with anyone else. He can't imagine anyone feeling something he's not feeling. Yeah. He he does not like, understand. He does not understand euphemism. Like a subjective experience. Yeah. Like you're. We're all hungry. Nobody. <laughs> like that's just inside you, bud. Let's all blitz. We don't want to stop the blitz. The world's yeah. in peril. Yeah. Nobody wants the blitz, buddy. Stop saying blitz as a thing. Like. We're gonna die. We're gonna die. You're gonna die. Remember? Yeah. Um. So, um, given this choice, Yuna says, "Hey, yeah. I need some help. I need to go to the far plane, uh, to get some guidance so I can make my decision." Uh, Which, and this is great. Like as an idea, uh-huh. like this is a very weird. This is a sci-fi idea that I like a lot. That feels very original in this game. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that like there's just a place with a gate to the afterworld. And yeah. you can walk in it and check it out. Yeah. Um, I think and that's very cool. pe- people go there for advice, but it is very heavily implied or even stated that really these are fireflies that react to people's memory and it is showing them what they want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or, or like letting them, showing them what they, they already know. Right. Right. You know? Um, so like when you go in there, everybody gets these like Oran and Riku will not go in uh, Oran because he's dead Riku because she's not a believer. Yeah. Because I, I I like to keep my memories on the inside. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. She does. She doesn't go in. Um. And everybody kind of gets this. Uh. Gets or not everybody, but several characters get these little visions. This is where we first meet Chapu. Mm-hmm. And we're like, that does not look like Titus at all, buddy. <laughs> like, when when you're a Waku, everything looks like a Chapu. I guess mm-hmm. you know it's. Um. And uh, Titus uh, sees sees the sees the dead the dead in here, and he kind of reflects a little bit on his father and says, you know, like maybe I hated my father. Because he monopolized my mom's attention. Yeah. Like, well, you could also hate him because he's an abusive drunk. Yeah. Yeah. There, like there, you, you, there, you, there are lots of reasons to hate your dad. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Jack is not a good dude. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, when we leave this place, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a lengthy scene, but it's visually very neat. Um, we see a spirit of Lord Jiskel. This is Seymour's father, you know, the the previous uh, Guado Maester, who kind of follows us out of the gate. Uh, this should not be because, you know, as a priest, he should have died and been sent. However, he died an unclean death and is still attached. Um, and this sets up you know, some something, you know, that's barely a revelation <laughs> later yeah. on. But it's, it's kind of cool foreshadowing. And the idea of a ghost following you out of the afterlife <laughs> is pretty cool. Yeah. Like it's played, it's played, it seems creepy to me mm-hmm. that it's happening. Like it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, has made her decision, but she won't tell anybody her decision because everything's a secret in this game. Um, and goes to go tell Seymour, but he's already moved on to the next temple. Right. Which is Macarena Temple, but they mm-hmm. make a Macarena joke because uh, the Macarena exists. The Macarena exists in the world of Spira. Yep. The spiral of death contains the Macarena. 
So uh, canonically. I, Very my, weird. My jaw dropped at the slide. <laughs> I forgot about it completely. Like, I totally forgot about it. Um, Lost Del Rio are the, the Macarena guys. Mm. Those two, those two old guys that clap <laughs> during, during that thing. Um, we, we were so close to getting like a version of the, the Blitzball prayer. That was the Macarena. <laughs> Again, if you want a reason not to like this game, this one's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Cause the game is so serious. Yeah. Like we, you know, we just had a very serious scene and there's a time for a Macarena joke. I mean, but which again, there that's Tidus' role. He, he ruins these moments. Yeah. <laughs> there are people who can play this who do not know what the Macarena... Like, this game will outlast the Macarena <laughs> as a thing worthy enough. So, like... Yeah, not on cruise ships. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, let, let, let's let's put this... Let's put this to the room. Uh, is this the first... That's not the first time that Final Fantasy has made an explicit reference to something from pop culture. Like, there's Biggs and Wedge. I don't know that like it's been played as a pop culture joke before. No, Bigs and Wedge are just names. Yeah. Uh, in a thing. And there's like a couple weird things that pop up. Like, um, I think some, like some things from religion, like from Catholic or Christian religion have, uh, have popped up. Yeah. Um, in, in kind of a weird way, like, I mean, just, it's oh, straight, that... like there, there's straight up like Shiva, like it articulates yeah, different is... than the, than the Hindu Shiva. Um, yeah, but, but Bahamut is a, you know, Leviathan, like those are, you know, either, uh, biblical or kind of ancient, you know, monsters that are pulled from texts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it, this is, this is very strange. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like that'd be like in final fantasy, final fantasy 15, like somebody's off in a corner doing Gangnam style. <laughs> Probably. I wouldn't put it past that game. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually know, but yeah, it seems about the tone based on how many, like how many ramen, uh, cup of noodle, <laughs> product placements that are in that game like i wouldn't be surprised if somebody's gangnam style in it yeah you know oh no. well so <laughs> we go so, so speaking of like reasons not to like the game too like this section is not so bad even though i don't think it's good uh we had to cross the thunder plains to get the to do the macarena and uh this is bad um as a zone um it's kind of cool like the idea the backstory here when you talk to the historian mm -hmm. is kind of neat uh, uh, um, go 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 through that because I don't think I made a note of it. I don't know if I remember the, the no. details. Do you remember the details of that, Matt? Uh, it's basically, like, there was uh, somebody came through there. Uh, I think it's 800 years ago, and they had put up all of these um, towers to direct the lightning. And the end of it is that ultimately this person did still end up getting hit by lightning and died. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. <laughs> I, I remember that, and there was something about like why this was lightningy though hmm. that I, I I can't remember but it could also that could be an oprah memory yeah um so here, here here here's my question right so the the gimmick of this is you know it's another open plane this is the thunder planes just yeah, so yeah yeah the, the, the thunder planes um the the <laughs> i think the thing about this you know that you can dodge these lightning bolts as you're going along and take shelter under these towers that isn't bad i think this only gets really bad when you have to do it 200 times in a row to get an ultimate weapon i think that's a problem with the ultimate weapons and not with the thunder planes themselves the thunder getting hit by lightning doesn't do anything though. It just wastes your time. Hmm. Like if you get hit by lightning, you just have to watch the animation of getting knocked down and getting back up. Hmm. Like that sucks. Yeah. Like it is just there to slow you down. Like if there were a penalty for it, like it's not like I want it to be harder, but then there would be consequence and it wouldn't just be friction. Yeah. And as is, it's just friction and it's a character trait that Rico has that never comes up. Right. That There's she no is payoff for her being scared of lightning. Yeah. 
there's Except also you get to see her crawl around on the ground <laughs> yeah 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 the payoff is with, something for daddy with, and with, with... daddy don't want <laughs> a, little, a little slice a little slice of those bloomers for daddy um yeah, yeah. Don't need bloomer slice. <laughs> yeah I, so i guess i guess in my head i never actually like looked at the hp after i got hit i just assumed that it drained hp no yeah nothing nothing happens you yeah. can just get hit by lightning as many times as you want oh just like um enough. Yeah, just like real life, like the so guy this, from this, uh, the 60, Grey Outdoors. 66 times in the head, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we immediately both went to the Grey Outdoors. <laughs> well, because um, of course. <laughs> yeah, the premier lightning movie of our time. <laughs> Not powder? But it, I just, and yeah, powder. Yeah, fuck a powder, man. Um, the uh, So I don't, I don't know, like, if you got hurt from this, like, it would be a little bit better. I don't really like the timing mm. of this, too, and that really only gets underlined when you dodge the lightning 200 times, which... Like, fuck no, I didn't do it this time, but I did it when I was younger. Yep. Um, and I guess, like, I mean, we'll get into it, that endgame thing, but the, the big problem with that is 200. Yeah. Like, asking you to dodge lightning a certain number of times isn't so inherently dumb, but they're all so extreme. It's yeah. zero seconds on this Chocobo race, dodge lightning 200 times. Like, they're all so just add a zero to everything. Yeah. Matt, Matt, did you ever take on the 200 lightning bolt challenge with this? I, I did, and it's, again, it comes down to the fact that it's a gimmick, right? There's a certain area where if you do a certain, uh, you know, you go into this certain pit, you can judge the lightning because it's going to strike at the same spot you stand at. So you're mm. not judging by the time, really. Yeah. You're judging mm. by when you get to the spot on the ground. Hmm. Gotcha. 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 And so there is a gimmick to 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 get around that. And, uh, you know, it only takes probably, I don't know, less than 10 tries of really going through it. And you if you follow this gimmick, you, you're okay. Yeah. yeah. It's doable to get around it. And it just ends up kind of coming a little bit of a time tax to do it. If you're trying it legitimate, like I didn't know about that gimmick quite did before I was trying it legitimately and definitely had a couple of times where like, uh, I, I got to 175 or whatever, <laughs> you know, and misjudged the timing. And then it's like, well, start over. Yeah. Did, did you, you didn't throw your controller through the TV when that happened? <laughs> I was weirdly patient. I was patient enough to dodge, try to dodge lightning 200 times. Like if I'm not patient, I'm, I'm patient enough to not damage my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. At the time I was engaged. So I think that my, uh, my ex-wife would have been pretty mad if I broke our TV <laughs> over, over this. But I do have a distinct memory of like one of those, like uh, being a gamer American and being exposed in a cross-cultural thing with regular people <laughs> where I was doing this and her being like, what are you doing? <laughs> And, and me having to explain and and when you when you say any of these things out loud you just sound like the world's biggest moron like yeah. you're just like well if i dodge lightning 200 times i'll get this crest that powers up my ultimate weapon if i use a mirror in a specific tree <laughs> and it's just like it's just it's like hank in the venture brothers like just channeling dead crazy people you know it doesn't uh the words don't make sense and she's Even just worse okay. when you're when you're like, I got to get, I got to collect balloons mm -hmm. and I can't get hit by seagulls. So, yeah, yeah, I have to get all the balloons and not get hit by seagulls. And my time has to be less than zero while I do it. And then if I do that, I'll get a crest that allows me to go to a monster ranch and, and, uh, you know, finally upgrade my weapon so I can get three times the AP. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? What is this stream of nonsense? Gamer Americans sit down. Uh, like, I would say go home, but you're already home. Yeah, stay home. <laughs> do not rise up by any means. Um, so, so as to what we have to do here, though, it's just a preview of that stuff. Um, Riku says that uh, 
she was struck by lightning accidentally. She crawls around on all fours to give a bloomer slice for daddy. Um, <laughs> as we're passing through, we get a this weird scene between uh, <laughs> Titus and Yuna, um, where because she can find these, she finds these spheres, and she finds uh, Jessica's will uh, there. Right. And the the line that she gets at, or that he overhears, like "Take care of my son," which mm-hmm. is like, you know, wink. To and serve very man. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. To serve man. <laughs> So uh, Tita sees this and they're, you know, they're awkward. And then Waka walks in thinking that they, there was hanky panky. This like the, mm-hmm. the mugging that goes on in this is angel quiz. Yeah. Like just the, the, the cuts back and forth of all of them, like making vaguely embarrassed head movements. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Angel quiz is a good, definitely a good uh, a point of comparison for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a little bit further down the Thunder Plains, Yuna says, like, hey, I've decided I'm going to marry Seymour, but I'm not going to quit the pilgrimage. Like that, like that is the ultimatum. I can, you know, basically I can, I can have both. I can make the people happy by having this royal wedding, which will certainly last forever and not become an embarrassing cultural touchstone. Um, mm-hmm. And I can go defeat Sin. Yep. And Oran says, like, so be it. And Tita says, like, you're really okay with this? And she's like, he's like, as long as the pilgrimage right. continues. Because he's got his eye on the prize. He's got a, his own motivation for being here. Yeah. Um, so we get through the Thunder Plains, we get to Macalania. Um Walking along this kind of tree path, um, we run into Bartholo- Bartholomew. Again, he's looking for Dona. Dona has disappeared. So this is the first of the uh, summoners that actually gets kidnapped. No. Um, yeah, the first one we've been going along with anyway. Um, yeah. So along the way here. So Bacalania is incredibly pretty. Like this, mm-hmm. for me, when I first played this, I was like, oh, it, like it, it never gets any better than this. It looks it's like, this... um, what's, what's that area in Dark Souls 2? Oh yeah, the um oh the what is it Shrine of Amana? Shrine of Amana. Yeah, yeah, it's got Shrine of Amana Amana vibes. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah, it's it's like a, a like a frozen glowing blue forest. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um Oren takes us over off the side path and shows us a special a special pool of sphere water that kind of collects all of these pyreflies. Like sphere is another all-purpose noun that it doesn't become problematic. Yep. Like sin does, problematic in terms of like being confusing. Understanding, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like spheres are like data storage almost. Yes. Um, and here, <laughs> uh, is Spherian, yep. this kind of gigantic water creature, like a water mantis who fights you and he has shifting elemental weaknesses. Yeah. When you go to the sphere water, you fight Spherion. Yep. Um, so like, okay, final has it done. <laughs> um, it's kind of just like a nothing boss. Yeah. Um, here, like once we get done with that though, we do find, uh, our first ject sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, these are like home movies that are recorded on camcorder with like a camcorder filter, uh, which is extremely weird. We never see the thing that shoots these. We just find the spheres. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's it's a very strange aesthetic. Like it's going for this family drama thing mm-hmm. that's part of the game, but it the way it expresses through a fantasy lens is very odd. Um, and these are so this are two purposes. One, it gives us the backstory on the original pilgrimage that we're following in the footsteps of. And two, this is how Oran gets new limit breaks. Yes. Is by finding these uh these spheres, these mm-hmm. jacked spheres. Yeah. And it's not just ones that jack shot, like you find ones from Braska as well. Yep. I like this. Exactly. It's it's a little bit like a like a slice of um Final Fantasy VIII when you see Laguna and his team doing their things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a good good comparison. Yeah. Um so we get to this ice field, right? Uh, an Albed attack 
this time with a nullifier, uh, they're getting smarter. They can work around our offenses. The nullifier uh, blocks magic and aeons, so you have to uh, fight it physically. Um, mm -hmm. And every three turns, I think this might, it's, it's not the first that had a rhythm like this, but like, it's the first one we made a note of um, where like things happen on a predictable rhythm. So if you're counting it, you can keep track of like when you need to be healed up to absorb the shot. Yeah. It's once it's when it doesn't start actually firing. It's like big gun until you destroy the nullifier. Yeah. For it. Um, when the Riku uh, kind of scares the all better way, speaking a language that Waka probably, uh, you know, Waka huh? <laughs> uh, looks over. And uh, kind of figures out, you know, what everyone else already knew. Yeah. And uh, they have this argument about religion that is not very strong. Like It's like it's like sub 101 level of like, yes. well, why should you do this? Just because somebody a long time ago said you should. It's the teachings. It's, it's real. Yeah, it's like it's some 15 year olds at Denny, <laughs> like at, at like 2 a.m. Having, having what they consider like a really, really deep conversation yeah. here. But of course, like Waka is the one who is like extremely because he's bigot, bigoted about it. Like, that's an indefensible thing. Yeah. And he remains bigoted about it. This is not him, his heart growing three times its size. Right. Um, and they, uh, after, so th since they've destroyed this thing, they now want to get out of here. And uh, there's some snowmobiles, <laughs> snowmobiles that they find. Um, they're going to take some snowmobiles to the temple. Um, this is something um, I didn't realize this when I played it. Either time I played it, I found this out in research when I was reading about it. Um, there is an affection mechanic that is a hidden mechanic in this game that mm -hmm. tracks a lot of things. Um, it tracks like who you heal, who you choose to talk to first, who you let die on your team, things like that. Hmm. And this will determine who you split a uh, snowmobile with. Did daddy um, get Riku? Uh, <laughs> daddy did not get Riku uh, this time around. I think I went with um, Lulu hmm. this time around because Lulu, I had her, her in my party a lot because she was really key, but she's also squishy. So I had to like heal her a lot. Yeah. So uh, Tita's healed. So I had Lulu, but they just kind of say different things. Um, I looked, I watched all of them, all the different things they say. And the Riku one is notable because it, uh, you know, Tita's apologizes for Waka, which is a very relatable thing to apologize for your racist friend. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think this is where there's the first strongest hint that Yuna's not going to make it after the pilgrimage. I think she, uh, she drops that. But mm. with Lulu, Lulu is just kind of like, like, what's up with Waka? Yeah, I know. Um, and then the the two of them, the one with, uh, and Waka's walking too. We didn't talk about that, but Waka decides, I'm not going to take a snowmobile. I'm going to walk. Um, so he separates. If you get it with Oron um, or Kamari, they both do sick jumps. What? On their snowmobile. Yeah, That's obviously the right answer. Yeah. If you go with either of them, they don't, they barely say anything. It's like, you know, Kamari friend. And then they just do a cool ramp. They jump off a ramp. <laughs> it's very funny. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> well, and you see that when when the when when you right after you beat the boss, you see Kamari hops right on a snowmobile and like peels out <laughs> to go after the guys. I mean, so that that's that's just punishing people. Like nobody's going to yeah. use Kamari, so you're not going to get the jumps. No stunts. Well, you, if you're, no stunts if you're using for Oran, you. you get the jump though. You just won't but, get the but, Kamari but you're not jump. He, you're not healing Oran because he's so tough. Yeah, it's true. <sighs> you're you're not getting to see a cool jump. Mm. Uh, you know it's it's pretty i guess badass. it would make the most sense that you would stick with that you would usually get lulu because you get oron later in the game you yeah. get riku yep. later in the game waka's walking and you don't use kamari mm -hmm. so you're pretty yeah. much left with lulu yeah yep um the riku the riku one is the most interesting one though but it's a really weirdly underused mechanic i think there are two other times in the game it actually pops up and they're for way less content than this this is the most content you get from it yeah like according to it, to, to the, re the reading I was doing. So hmm. 
pretty uh you know it's something yeah. um pretty funny uh when you arrive at the the temple uh yuna goes inside the temple with seymour um and somebody is kind of snooping around where she was and you find that sphere that she had that message from lord jeskal um and the message is very this is the the plot bomb here like the player knows this we know that seymour's evil but it says hey if i die it's my son my son is pure evil mm-hmm. um he's the good son from the movie um <laughs> and he needs to be stopped and this is one of those things where just like like yuna keeping a secret is to no purpose at this point like going off on her own doing this like she has guardians she buys into the idea of guardians. Yeah. Why wouldn't she tell her companions that this is dangerous and about her plan? Yeah. Just like, okay, you know? I need you guys to watch my back as I get, as I get close to this person I know is a murderer. Yeah. You know, and it's part of, it's like her holding her hands close to her vest because she wants to get close to him to actually do something, but it's just such a dumb plan. Um, it reminds me like we just did owl boy and it reminds me of that. Like, yeah it's trying to say something about trust, but she never, she did not seem like she didn't trust people before. Like mm-hmm. trust like a distrust is not baked into her character. So I have no idea why she's keeping this a secret other than for dramatic contrivance. So like the game can have this dramatic rescue and stuff. And that just is very frustrating to me that she did this. It's just very like silly. Yeah. You have to be yeah. real careful when your plot relies on people not talking to each other. Yes. You know, and that's why like, um, cell phones are very difficult in movies yeah. right like if people can just talk to each other and like sometimes movies handle that really well like sometimes you get a get out where like people try to talk to each other but they mm-hmm. actually account for it in a realistic way yeah you know but like every time i've run um call of cthulhu as like a tabletop game i've only done modern call of cthulhu once and that's because the reason why the game works so well set in the 20s is it's hard to talk to people yeah you know so you can actually set up these situations the other thing they do that really buggers belief is that they leave this evidence sphere on the ground and i have no idea why like there's no reason not to take this with you like it's clearly very important Mm -hmm. and at least oron should know like i recognize we got the waka squad going on here and i don't trust titus to make a good decision but oron is very capable oron or lulu should have taken this globe yeah so i understand that's what has to happen to move the plot but it makes the middle third of this weirdly contrived even if it is kind of dramatically exciting to me so um yeah so when when you get into the the cloister here and we find out that luna's yuna's plan was to stop seymour not marry him right she, she decided she wanted to marry him to lure him into a false sense of groomship you know? <laughs> right well i mean she went to that uh, party was the thing you know yeah, yeah like she always just wanted to have a wedding you know yeah, yeah. all the other like, just like waka scrolling through a registry <laughs> you know and then just like he got her got her a toaster or whatever and then just you know now waka have to keep it <laughs> You know, and he rubs the back of his neck. And, yeah. yeah. How else is yeah. he going to build up those neck calluses, Gary? <laughs> That's the most important part in Blitzball. <laughs> um, but this leads to the first Seymour fight. We're going to fight Seymour mm-hmm. several times. Each time I think he has a pretty good gimmick. Um, this mm-hmm. one is no exception. So his first phase, like he's just a mage and he's, you know, casting spells at you. He's got these two Guado guards uh, who will uh, cover him. So you can't do really do any damage and they will also auto potion him. So you have yep. to take them out before, uh, his, uh, his, his overdrive before he can summon anima. Yeah. Or you can steal their potions from them. Yes. There are a couple of ways that the steel command like actually works in battle in a kind of clever way. Yeah. Um, and this is one of them. Yeah. And, and that's another way that the battle system is good because by and large, the enemies have to follow a lot of the same rules you do with a couple of exceptions for like macro style things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and after you, uh, so you, after you take out those guys, you fight Seymour by himself. Um, he casts uh, spells twice. He has double cast. 
mm-hmm. set up. And uh, and you kill him. And this is a great moment. Like this is to, like I said, this is where it feels dramatically alive. Like we knew, you know, we took him out. He was a bad guy, but the church doesn't know that, and it sets up this fugitive status, which to me is much more interesting than than the pilgrimage status right. that we had before. Yeah, being chased as opposed to seeking. Um, yes. <laughs> and so, like, I also like this because you know we know how death works in this. We, mm-hmm. In this, we we understand what an unsent is, and Yuna's getting ready to do this when Trommel, who is Seymour's servant, the guy who's been you know, is like the major domo, right? Uh, you know, he rushes in and takes him away and we are labeled as traitors. Uh, Seymour is not sent <laughs> like he, it, it shouldn't be, this should be blasphemy. Mm-hmm. And we, we say like, actually, you know, he's a murderer. We have mm-hmm. the sphere and this yeah. is where I think it happens here. We destroys it. Oh yeah. He, he like destroys it and like says, yeah, he says Guado take care of Guado affairs. Yeah. What sphere? <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa, that's mm-hmm. pretty great. Yeah. Um, there's, there, there's a temple section here where you have to use ice spheres to make a bridge. This get like, this is probably about the sweet spot for like interestingness on these puzzles for me, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there are like two levels to it and you have your order of operations. This the, might be my favorite, which is, uh, extremely faint praise. Yeah. I, I didn't like any of them. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not trying to like outdo you or anything like that, but yeah. even the, I mean, I can still buy what you're saying that this is probably the best one. Yeah. I think they were misguided and. Any reasonable person would have not put these in the game. Yeah. These are unreasonable. Play, playing with the bounds, w- within the bounds of these are the temples that are here. This is the one. Yeah. It's, it, it is the local maximum. If I have to choose. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so they, uh, you know, they chase you out of this temple. And as you're heading out, you run into Wendigo, <laughs> um, the uh, Wolverine enemy. Uh, and this is a really tough fight. Oh um, the Guado are kind of close to, to these, these fiends and control them and kind of wrangle them. Mm-hmm. So they're there and this is the fight. Uh, so they cast berserk on it and then they buff it with auto potion. They have the auto potion. So you have to steal their potions. Mm-hmm. And when they die on their death, they cast shell and protect on this thing. And this is where I remembered. I had the, um, uh, what's it said? Ixian. The, uh, the, the Ixian to, to debuff this, uh, this Wendigo. Mm-hmm. but this is a really tough fight and, and very fun. Like when it's berserked, it will one shot your dudes. Pretty consistently, actually. Yeah. And the fact uh, that he's pretty fast, too, means that if you're not trying to take that off of him, you're kind of good going through this constant churn. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You need you need to de-berserk him mm-hmm. or you want to. And you can do that through Asuna. Like it's a debuff. Yeah. So you actually need to heal him, but you can't do that while they're up because they'll just recast it. Right. So, so there's an order of operations. It's a cool fight. Yeah. I like this fight a lot. like it quite a bit, but it was a load bearing one to go. Uh, because yes. the, the, the ice breaks beneath us and we kind of land in this sunken Machina city, uh, kind of beneath Machalania, uh, where we do a little bit of regrouping and introspection. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then Sin attacks and you have another experience, uh, thing, or, uh, uh, flashback about Jack. Yeah. I forget what this one is. Do you remember, Matt, what you what the reveal here? We talked about the Jack sphere earlier and we didn't really say what happened in it. And it's really just, um. Like not a whole lot happened in it. He just um, I, says, "I'm probably not going to go back to Xanarkin, but this one I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember exactly what the uh, what the sphere says, but I know this is also the spot in the game where you start to um, learn that uh, Sin is um, he's attracted to the Hymn of the Faith. Mm. Yes, yeah, you're he, right. That's why he shows up above um, where you fell through the ice. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, yeah. because you you opened up um, kind of a hole to where the the, the hymn is coming out of, like where, where the, the temple is. down there. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Is this also the one, there's one where you, I think it actually comes later, where you have the pretty extended kind of dream sequence one that previews a bunch of the endgame areas. I think that's maybe the next, like, Sin flashback maybe. you have, or like Jack's flashback you have. Um, they kind of run together, like they are in aggregate interesting, mm-hmm. and an individual one really pieces out information very, very slowly. Yeah. In, in one of my least favorite combat areas in the game, actually. Yeah. Um, they, so Anubia like, Desert. I think this is a real drag. Yeah. So somebody fell asleep on the fader, um, pushing yep. it all the way up, uh, specifically the fader being uh, encounter rate. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, you, you wash up on this desert island um, and try to reassemble your crew, but Yuna's gone. Right. And Riku says, like, actually, I know where this is. This is near my home, the Elbed city named Home. Mm-hmm. It is my home. Yeah. Uh, Yuna was probably taken there. Of course, she has a reason to know that because there's company uh, or kidnapping summoners. She doesn't quite say this. Right, right. And uh, with your group, you fight through a big, empty kind of desert uh, with a really, really high encounter rate. Yeah. And with lots of really tough enemies like these rocks will mess you up and they take a long yeah. time to go through. Yep. Um, um, and you can't have long encounters and lots of them. Right. Yeah. Short, short, quick encounter, you know. Many Zubats. small encounters or yeah, you have Zubats or you have mini bosses, but having mini bosses at the rate of Zubats <laughs> is pretty rough. Right. Uh, and that's what this feels like. Yeah. It's also, I mean, I this mean, cave is lousy with Snorlaxes. <laughs> it, <laughs> Snorlax cave. <laughs> we got a Snorlax infestation. Um, so something that is a little bit of a curveball is that with Unigon, uh, unless you've been doing some sphere grid stuff, you don't really have a healer right now. Mm-hmm. It introduces Albed potions, which are a little bit of a revelation because Riku is probably the most effective healer <laughs> because uh, she can just use them whenever she wants. And it hits the entire party with two th- with 2000 HP as a heal yes. and takes away a bunch of status effects, uh, which is yeah. pretty powerful at this stage in the game. Yeah, we didn't really talk about uh, Riku's gimmick, but it's kind of interesting, even though I didn't use it very much. It, com- it comes like, home here, actually, because we're fighting more Machina in the in this area, yeah. too. Well, the, t- the two gimmicks. So she can steal. If she steals from a Machina, it'll fall apart. Yeah. Like, she takes her grenade, and that was the grenade that was between two of its... Like, that was the grenade that was holding <laughs> up its spine. Yeah. And, uh, and you've just removed the Cortex bomb from it. Um, <laughs> and uh, But she has this this mix... This like item command use command or it's called use. Yeah, yeah. But it's essentially a mix like similar from um, Final Fantasy V. Yeah. Where you can take two items and mix them together to get different effects. And there's just like huge facts for them. It's very uh trial and error y, but a lot of possibility space. Yeah. Um and like mixing, so you you can mix together a couple of items, but like most of the things that Riku Riku can steal and a lot of the item customization uh items that you get or equipment uh customization items you get like those are what she uses like those are the things mm-hmm. that can be extremely overpowered um so you can use them for one effect her overdrive is mix um oh, yeah. and mix ends up being kind of the 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 keystone for a lot of game breaking stuff that doesn't involve grinding for hours and hours yeah you can just do pretty ridiculous damage yeah there um and i think when she uses things um so she she might be the only people who can use Albed potions or they're just more effective. She's the only person who can use them. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So they end up being, and they give you a lot of them. They say, hey, these things are useful. So that's mm-hmm. a 2,000 heal on everyone and a full status clear. Not full. Um, it'll do, it'll do, um, I think, like silence, um, poison, and it'll de-stone people, I think. The most common yeah. status things. Um, so because yeah. they end up being a key to a boss fight coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you end up getting a lot of use out of, of Mix? Have you ever done a deep dive on the old Mix map? Um, I'm doing it now. I'm, but that's because I'm going through and trying to get potentially finally beat some of the dark aeons. Mm. And yeah, you need her mix to uh, to basically do any of those. She mm. becomes a key. Her her Titus and Waka pretty much become the three that you need to use for any of the serious um, dark aeons or penance. Mm. Yeah. Um, like really before you can break the damage limit, um, using a her and creating an effect called trio of nine, 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 nine. Um, it's, it's an effect that makes everything your character do, uh, does any character in your party does do, you know, quad nines, uh, in their, in their damage. Uh, if you mix that with, uh, Titus, some of Waka's attacks and then Lulu's fury, um, overdrives like any of their overdrives you can just do a ton of damage on multiple hits mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and that's, then she uh, has another up. mix called a uh, hyper mighty g which um the, the nice thing is, is it gives basically everybody protect um everybody um their life slowly um increases while you're playing and everybody has auto life yeah. so if you're killed you just automatically come right back to life <laughs> And that ended up being a really key strategy for me in the end game of this because I was a little bit underleveled because um, I'm allergic to grinding. So getting that auto life to get past some of the um, big spells that, you know, knock everybody out. Right. Or just because I was a little slow in fighting some of the timed like end bosses near the end of the game where they're like filling up an overdrive or what have you. Yeah. So um, as you make your way through the desert here, um, you find home and it is under attack by the Guado. Yeah. Um, and they're getting destroyed. We get all this kind of emotional scenes. Uh, Riku's brother died, not the one named brother, <laughs> but, uh, but another one, yeah, uh, dies. And we meet her father, uh, this game's version of Sid. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I like Cantankerous Sid. This, the accent game in this game is incredible. Yeah. Like nobody has Waka's accent, nobody has Sid's accent either. <laughs> like, this is not the Alban accent. <laughs> no, he's just you like, he, he sounds like I imagine Sid from Final Fantasy VII sounds like. Yeah, like Brian Doyle Murphy. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> Murray. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say who's Murphy. Yeah, Brian Doyle Murphy is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you know William Murphy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um. Yeah. He, he's got. He's this real cantankerous, real grizzle voiced. Yeah. Um. And he's giving you shit too. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the Guado are attacking. Like, obviously, they're making their move because Seymour, um, has been uh, unleashed by mm-hmm. uh you know just been, been exposed right uh and this is pretty cool you're fighting through the albed you know the techno city of home um against these kind of guado and monster combinations kind of an extension of that first seymour fight that you did where they are kind of acting uh, acting as support mm-hmm. eventually you get uh, down below below ground and riku says hey yuno's probably in the summoner's sanctum and this is where we mm-hmm. get some real drama bombs yep and Waka finally understands why the Albed are kidnapping summoners. This is a step on him becoming less racist. Yes. Um, a little bit, because they're doing it to keep them safe. And Titus, this whole time, there have been lots of tiny hints and just scenes of everyone kind of digging their toe in the ground yeah. while Titus fails to realize something. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is not the first exposure of this. This is just where the dam breaks. Mm-hmm. We skipped over a lot of times yeah. of Titus being like, we're going to live happily ever after, right? And everyone going, hmm. 
you know? Um, but, you know, so he says, why would they have to keep summoners safe? That's what we do, right? We're guardians. Mm. And he finally, this is where he realizes, like, no, when they beat Sin, they're sacrificed. Like, right. summoners die. Soiling Green is summoners. Yes. Yeah, Soiling Green. <laughs> Green is indeed summoners. I see summoners. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, And they're like, we weren't hiding this from you. It's just hard to say, speak out loud. And yeah. it's like, yes. Also, though, he's signing up to be a guardian. Like, it feels like you should know that as being a guardian. <laughs> right. You know, it's... where, where's your, you know, I didn't, where's that? Whatever is this on the application? Like, this could be fine print in the contract, but yeah. like, so, things would be better if people knew things. Spoilers for Santa Claus, dot, dot, dot. How it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a little bit like, you know, if you, if, you, if you let your kid believe in Santa for too long, eventually it just becomes your parents lying to them. Yeah. More so than usual, like. Well, and then you're raising a Titus. Like that kid's gonna yeah. be a real Titus on the playground. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And be and like every time that kid is like, you know, well, Santa, <laughs> what'd you guys get from Santa this year? And all the other kids don't know how to react to them. You know? Oh, um, mamas, don't let your kids grow don't let your boys grow up to be Titus's. <laughs> <be Tetises>. <laughs> Save a horse, ride a Titus. <laughs> God, it's so dumb. Uh, <laughs> but he gets he gets so upset about the fact that nobody told him and it's like you guys have mentioned this numerous times this yeah. whole pig, pilgrimage has just been a series of everybody keeping secrets from each other yeah. so yeah. i don't understand why he's so upset it's it, it's Wait. weirdly out of proportion it's the most upset that he gets about anything yeah. not witnessing all this death not being uprooted from his home there are multiple like dramatic shots of why why yeah. it does like cross dissolves from multiple angles and it's like i understand like being upset about this because i don't know it's pretty mortifying like i i said all these things about how we're gonna go to xanarkin and i didn't realize that i what i was saying was hey let's all go and kill you uh yeah well and, and that's the that's the the you know the final fantasy 10 dot text to me like yeah. the powerful idea at the core of something not done well because yeah. that's a real feeling like the I did not know all the context and I was really putting my foot in my yeah. mouth. I, I didn't, I didn't but, realize when I was talking about how awesome my mom was that yours died when you were four. Ex exactly. <laughs> so it's exactly that, which is a powerful real emotion. a thing that happens in real life to me, it is undercut by the fact that nobody should have been keeping a secret yeah. from him this long. It's just really pushed for this long, yeah. you know, and it's just like totally not his fault. Like he feels really <laughs> bad. Um, but it's, and it doesn't mean you can't feel bad just because things not your fault. Mm hmm. But legitimately, it's everyone around him's fault that it happened. So it just kind of undercuts a little bit of that pathos to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a cool idea. It's a good emotional punch. That's a real feeling that I can relate to that is just presented in a way that I can't relate to. Yeah. And that ends up being a lot of like some of the missed potential in this game to me, like theme wise or like story wise. Um same um so yeah so and then you get you just you get this uh, again like like i said i think that they save these weird moments for kamari because all of this happens and then kamari just says it's quiet kamari <laughs> goes now <laughs> <laughs> you validate kamari parking <laughs> and he just leaves <laughs> yeah. um yeah just, he's, he's keeping his eye on the prize like he's like well, let's go get yuna you know it's very funny yeah like uh <laughs> it, it, i love that it's like super awkward when this happens but not super awkward like all those times where like you know waka was using the b word <laughs> all those things like nobody ruins like oh it's just our waka yeah but now no. oh man um so like it's a bit of a contrivance right because if they revealed this sooner then uh, titus's motivation would be 
we need to figure out how to not how to how to kill Sin without her dying, right? Yeah. That becomes his mission here, and it's been Riku's mission all along. Like Riku yes. constantly raises, like why why is it that we are just okay throwing these people <laughs> throwing these people to their death, <laughs> like and nobody questions it. Yeah, yep, she's the skeptic yes. during this, which is fine. Like that's all well, good, and fine, but just. Mm -hmm. The, it just doesn't feel real the way the secret was kept from Titus for so long. Yeah. You know, um, and from us, like, it's a weird thing where um, the dramatic irony, like, sometimes I find in JRPGs specifically, like, dramatic irony is pushed past its breaking point where, like, you can do something where the player knows something and the character doesn't and use that to good effect. Yeah. Um, it just is used for a really long time here. Yeah. Like, the, the throttle is just pushed too far, I like, think. Weirdly, like, the Oron reveal, I think that that is something that, it, like, they needed to pay, out, pay it off sooner. Like, like the, mm. the, the, the distance between hint and reveal was, 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 was too long. They stretched it. Yeah. Yep. I, think, I mean, mostly it's too stretched. It's just it's the function of telling a story longer than a story should ever be told. Yeah. You know, like a, like a trilogy of novels isn't as long as you know, <laughs> a, a, like a Final Fantasy game. Like they're yeah. always told over the course of so many hours that like storytelling conventions don't work as well yeah. because it is just like longer than it should be. And you, yeah. what you get in exchange for that is that sense of like epic scale. Yeah. But what you lose is the utility of certain like storytelling conventions. Right, right. You know? You know. Um, <laughs> I think I think by, by the hour count, this is longer than both The Wire and Breaking Bad. Oh yeah. It's an unfair yeah, comparison. They're different mediums and stuff, but like when we're talking about story, you know, the length that stories are told, you know. Yeah. It's, it's longer than Lord of the Rings. Like it's yeah. it's you know, it's longer than than those things. So it just ends up being a thing where you have to be very careful with that stuff. And yeah. and the best games are very careful with that. Yeah. Um, but when they're not, it really stands out to me. Yeah. Um so uh the uh that's our mission now is to figure out a way out of this. Yes. And this this causes this kind of dynamic I do like, which is Titus and Riku kind of like being on the same page with this mm -hmm. because not everybody comes around the same way at the same speed. No, no. Like while, while Titus gets on Riku's side, we also have these other summoners who have been taken, ta taken hostage. I think Isaru's here and then Donna's here as well. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the summoners say like, Hey, we knew this going in. And so did Yuna. Like we, ex yeah. we accept this willingly. We understand our role within this. You know, it, it might not be for you to say that our sacrifice is senseless. Yeah. Don't patronize us. Right. Um, so we didn't, we didn't find, you now. We, we're going to go search for you now. Right. Um, Sid has an airship, uh, <laughs> and this is our big uh, airship. Uh, thing. Yeah. Did you, like, I didn't know this until doing research. This is called the Fahrenheit. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I did do research to see that too. I don't think they name it in the game, but it's called the Fahrenheit, which is cool. It's a cool name. Yeah. And also I found this out through trivia and I didn't realize it. This is the machine they're dredging up in the first time where you meet them. What? Yeah. Oh, that's real cool. <laughs> is that cool? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that until I like, I looked it up, but. I like that. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, like it's if you talk to Riku, she actually confirms it. If you talk to her right after you get on the airship, uh, when you <laughs> say something to her, she actually says, hey, do you recognize this? This is the ship from earlier. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. like, nice little bookends there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So something that we didn't really talk about. We talked about how the Albed speak a different language. You pick up these primers as you go along that break the cipher. Um, there are just Albed NPCs that you talk to um, and you know the audio is not translated. And as you find more primers, you can understand more of the subtitle. The ship was probably named in one of those. Um, and that's probably mm. where we missed that information. There's, yeah, a, there's this dialogue that you can't see. The way that they're hidden is very nonsensible. Um, they're just kind of like in random spots in the world. Yeah. Um, in a way that's kind of disappointing to me. But I've never gone through and done all the, the Albed yeah. things. Um, but it is it is a kind of an interesting thing. Like um, 
an interesting way to kind of convey that information. Yeah. Um, so when you get on there, Sid chews you out. You're going to go search for Yuna and he's just like, yeah, you want to kill her. Like, yeah, you want to kill my you guys are, a piece of shit. You guys are guardians. Like that sucks. Right. Um, um, and it's like, it's like to contain the Guado threat, you know, just to, to, to stop thing, <laughs> to, to, to stop the enemy. They decide, well, we're going to have to nuke our home. Yep. Uh, and this is so, one of many times where different people sing the hymn of the faith as they do terrible things. Yep. And uh, Riku is understandably upset about this. <laughs> and Waka, uh, the racist bigot, uh, <laughs> says, hey, hey, yeah, just think of it as happy festival fireworks, you know? Uh, and it's one of the worst, like, foot and mouth things that have been said in a video game. <laughs> it's like, Ugh. there's no amount of neck rubbing that will get you past this, my friend. Like, no. rub that thing down to the spine because you're going to yeah. be stuck in that pose for quite a while. <laughs> but just like, you, you might as well have just said, man, all those out bed dying in your hometown really made me happy. It was a good show, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a really good show. Like, the, um, boy, like, that, that, you know, Hiroshima certainly is a, quite the, the laser light show. Jesus. And it's, Christ. you can stay warm by it. Like it's just, it's supposed to be a disaster. And just the tone of this game is all over the place. Like in a weird way. Like, I know it's supposed to be bad. Like no yeah. one is supposed to be like, yeah, Waka. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's just like, Waka, my dude, you are, how are you the dumbest character in this game with Tita? <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's pretty fucking beyond the pale. Even, even in terms of like comic relief, actually. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty rough. Whew. Um, so we also threw like a view screen, <laughs> like they just have, they have some, some closed circuit <laughs> television sco- cameras <laughs> in various places. Uh, we see that Seymour is marching down the aisle with Yuna as his bride. And yeah. we're like, whoa, we killed Seymour. Uh-huh. What's going on with that? And now we know where they're at. We recognize that that's the Vell, which is the Vatican. Essentially it's the Holy city. Yes. The, uh, you know, the, the, the capital of the, uh, the, the, the people who, you know, uh, you fought the war long ago that brought sin down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we have to deal with a couple of problems, though, as we approach Bevel. First, we have some Guado stowaway uh, who provide some uh, – they provide random battles here to to grind your people up. If you're not ready to fight Evray, the guardian worm, uh, kind of the sacred protector of Bevel, uh, this yep. gigantic dragon. Uh, and Oron has a line here that I can't decide if it's awesome or uh, bad. <laughs> You know, he looks awesome. at us. It's awesome. <laughs> the, the red carpet has teeth. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay, um, it's awesome. You convinced me. Yeah. No, yeah, it's 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 pretty good. Or I have tons of goodwill for Ron. It just it, um, it feels so tidy. It, it feel it feels written. Yeah, yeah he he's been keeping that. Like if in real life, I'd be like, how long have you been keeping that in the pocket, buddy? <laughs> You've been waiting to say that. Yeah. Um, he just glares at you. The um, so this is you're fighting Evray. Um, which is a tough dragon boss that introduces this mechanic of Titus and Riku being able to yell to the ship to get closer to it or mm-hmm. further away and change distance. Yeah. So you have to kind of manage your spacing here. Again, Final Fantasy X has a really uh, admirable uh, kind of commitment to having gimmicks in their boss fights like yeah. um, and introducing new ones at a really steady clip. Yeah. So like you can get in close to do a bunch of damage. You're exposed to more attacks that way. You can pull out to do buffing and healing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's a cool fight. I had to, I had to grind up to this cause I was under leveled, uh, under leveled for it. This was weirdly a, a, a I remember like I had a strong recollection. This was a wall for me in the past too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's a tough fight. Yeah. Um, and right before it dies, it hastes itself and pulls you in right close. So it can do a lot of damage. Yeah. Too. Um, after you fight it, the way that you interrupt this wedding 
is you shoot down steel beams and then grind down them like jet grind radio. What up? Or Shadow um, the Hedgehog coming in or to kind of crash in this wedding. <laughs> yep, jet grind Shadow crashes your wedding ASMR. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, it's pretty goofy and everyone's got a big smile on their face. <laughs> Um, there's some like cute touches here, like Kamari carries Lulu. Like uh, Lulu's not gonna do this shit, right? Um, which I like, but Oran will happily skate down the wires. It's at least Lulu has shoes. Kamari's not wearing shoes. <laughs> no, it's just his feet just spark on the ground. <laughs> his claws. I imagine they they put horseshoes on them like horses. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think a, he's a just got a lot, of, a lot of chitin down there. Yeah, <laughs> Ronzo chitin. Yeah, they're just the, the the glee that they experience doing this. It's a real must kill mo. Kind of yeah, it, it's very it, it makes me think it was a cutscene that was made early in the game or something oh yeah it's like, it was the stakes too, are very high here but this looks very fun it, it was it was the year 2000 grinding was all the rage it was a real yeah. it, was, it was just a check mark you had to hit yeah gotta grind <laughs> uh so they grind on down to the wedding um we had to fight our way up to seymour and and you they have guns and they have uh soldiers and they have this little kick bot <laughs> that they have uh fight you that can just fuck you up yeah um, we'll kick two of your and the the they don't actually tell you this, but the trick to it is that you want to kill it first. If it's ever alone, it'll show it'll... up and scan. If you have, if you have a scope ability, it'll actually explain oh, really? if it's the last one standing, it'll kick, it'll kick your party members away. I don't, yeah, I don't think I had anything scan scannable at this point. I didn't have yeah. scan on a weapon or anything. So yeah. real quick, what, what were your guys thoughts on the introduction of guns? Here? <laughs> <laughs> that so was an option. It's a good point, Matt. <laughs> like, yeah, it's very weird uh, that people are shooting me now. And also it's very weird because at the end, this is getting a little bit ahead, but like guns are not a big deal. Like I get shot and they just do a little bit of damage mm-hmm. and then they become the nuclear option here in a moment. <laughs> yeah. We're like, oh, there's a, there's a gun. I can't do anything. <laughs> and it's like you've been shot, kicked, stabbed, <laughs> eaten, you know, like, yeah, but it's pretty weird that they're turned using guns. Stone. Yeah, turned to stone, shattered <laughs> into pieces. I'm not, shouldn't be that worried about guns yeah. uh, here. But yeah, it's well, pretty yes. funny. It, especially like you said, they do like 200 damage and you're yeah. getting shot yeah. in the face. Yeah, I'm good. I, I can handle that. You know? Yeah. yeah. My, my, my just, I, I, I screamed it at the beginning when you asked that question, but like, literally, that was an option. Yeah. <laughs> Go. Like, I know we could have guns. Um, I mean, don't let, don't let walk us with one, but other oh, no, than that, no. like, you know, I mean, also it should be a bit of, you know, like it, it should quirk your eyebrow up that somehow the church is using the forbidden machina themselves. Yeah. Stuff I mean, like not that. at this point, no, like maybe you know, that's the idea, but like they're, they're just, they've hammered that so hard. Like yeah. now they're going to, they're going to just take, they're going to fall asleep on that wheel and just like, oh, they're actually evil zombie men. Yeah. Like they're just going to really, <laughs> yeah. it's not enough for them to be hypocritical. It's not a very nuanced, yeah. like subtle. It's not subtle. <laughs> Wait, Final Fantasy, not subtle. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's impossible. <laughs> the, um, so we, somebody, I think Oran, uh, Oran or Lulu, one of the people who have a good head on their shoulders says like what Yuna is trying to do is send Seymour. Right, right. You know, um, which is pretty cool. Like her just like pretending to go along with the marriage this time in order to ascend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, uh, this is the time where her getting closer makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Mika, the uh, the couch match doll, pops up and says like, hey, don't you care about your friends? Like they all have guns in their yeah. faces. M- M- Mike is the old man. The cabbage patch doll is Keenock. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mika, Mika, the super pope, yeah. um, says like, you know, don't send him because we'll kill all your friends. Uh, and uh, she drops her staff. Right. Uh, and so Seymour kisses Yuna. They are happily wed, and Titus and Yuna uh, uh, live in sin uh, yep. forever after this. <laughs> uh, and he orders the death of the party anyway. So yeah, he Joffrey's it. Yes, like 
And uh, and Yuna says like no, and so she goes to the ledge and threatens to kill herself essentially. Mm-hmm. Like says like soldiers, drop your weapons. I will kill myself. Um, you don't you know like you freak out about this. You don't want her to do it. And she's like I can fly. It's a really dramatic scene. I mm-hmm. just feel like at some point when she was going to kill herself, like fight despite having these guns in your face. Yeah, you know like maybe maybe try a thing. But she falls off and uh, Velifor catches her. It's a really dramatic, cool scene. It's pretty you know jumping off a cliff and being like landing on a, a millennium Falcon or something like that. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing happens yeah. uh, in fiction, but it's, it's a cool fantasy kind of expression of it. Yeah. I'm fine with it. <laughs> it feels like breaking the rules, like having a, a summon show up in a, a cutscene for story purposes. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. being cliche is not a crime on its own. No, no, no. Um, and so we have this like huge sense of pace. It's really cool. Like, Oh man, how are we going to get past, you know, Seymour? We, everyone runs at this point from the guns mm-hmm. being chased and you're chasing her and you run and you go into the cloister of trials. And here's like 55 minutes of conveyor belt puzzles <laughs> that where every animation takes minimum 15 seconds to do. Yep. And where it's just straight up possible to miss your stop and have to go through uh, an entire level again to get back because yep. we've introduced timing into this as well. The, um, the first time that happened when I went into this, I flipped my Vita off <laughs> like physically, like bodily. I'm like, yeah. dude, like, that is a pacing crime. Um, <sighs> the, 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 yeah, this is this is absolutely bad. I I, I can't stand it. Yeah, you have to hit you get through- X at the right time with the arrow facing the right direction while you're mm-hmm. on a, yep. uh, a a conveyor belt. It, it's it's the worst. Um, it's it's and- weirdly difficult to keep a sense of like of where you're at in relation yes. to the places where you've been. Yep. Because yeah. everything looks the same. Like the level of fidelity here, like we talked about this being a good looking game. Like I think some of like the character designs don't look good, but I think that, you know, generally the graphical fidelity is good. But it's at that PS2 level where there's not quite enough detail to really know where you're at. Yeah. You know, we've talked about that before where like you have to have landmarks and you have to have like, you know, things and there should just be those for this. Like you should yeah. pass like weird looking statues or you should pass something. Yeah. Um, but it's it hard to tell where, you, where you're at and it's, Everything looks the same, and you're only seeing it a little bit of the screen, and the minimap is not good enough to help you. Yeah, with this, like it's rough. It, it can't just rough. be like neon lines in a void. Like that's not. Yeah. It's not like the, the, this. This is not Beat Saber. You know. Yep. Yeah. This is this is really rough stuff. And I just I worked on it the first time I missed one of those things. I'm like I'm actually going to just start from the beginning and just look at a step by step guide and how to get past it. Yeah. Because I will not be enriched. No, by going through this. Yeah. Um, many, many times I got off on what I thought would be the right place and like, no, that's a place you just were. Yep. It's bad. Yeah. Um, so when she, like Yuna, uh, when you get there, the, the faith that Yuna is praying to looks like the little, uh, hooded boy that Titus has been talking to. Yes. This is the first hint that that's one of the faiths. Right. Um, and this is where she gets Bahamut. Yep. So Uh, she comes out with Bahamut, which badass. Yep. Like. (laughs) I like that. Bahamut's design on this is really good too. That halo that he has over him. He's great. Yeah. He's got that weird, like on his back, he's got that like jet engine as well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The designs of all the Aeons are really cool, actually. It's a good Shiva. Like, um, did we miss Shiva? We didn't talk about Shiva. We got Shiva before. Yeah, we got Shiva. Yeah. um, But she looks cool. Like everybody looks good. Mm -hmm. And by far the coolest overdrive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or just that that, that fractal. Yeah. That that snaps the screen and she has a face on all the reflections. Pretty yeah, good that's, stuff. that's phenomenal. Like, yeah, she she looks really good. This is as good as like the summoning arts got for me mm. in Final Fantasy. These look really cool. FF12, man. 
I, I like these better than the FF12 okay, ones. Sorry. I mean, we, like, it's not, we, we, we don't have, have to different opinions. It. Yeah, it's fine. Well, I think these, I just think, I also just like the cast of Aeons more okay. than the FF12 ones, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and and I didn't play past FF12 because I'm not a maniac. Like I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna put Final Fantasy 13 into a machine, like because <laughs> like, it'll ruin the machine. Yeah, then I can't, I will, I'll have to move out of this apartment. No, it's, like it's, once it's, you've once you've played Final Fantasy 13 in a house, you can no longer like it's zoned differently. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you can't. You've ruined that TV. You've ruined that machine. You know that PS3 is gone now. Yeah, it's it's uh, like it's uh, like putting a uh, an Eggo waffle in the in the VCR. Yeah, or putting an egg in a toaster. Like it just it doesn't it just ruins the thing. You know, now my computer doesn't work, I have all these viruses. I tried to play Final Fantasy thirteen for some reason. <laughs> so, 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 and, so you know you never got to uh sex cycle uh Shiva? I've only seen I've seen Sex Cycle Shiva. That's a real reason why I didn't want to play Final Fantasy thirteen, because it's ugly it is an ugly game full of terrible designs <laughs> and characters i don't like yeah like, we're, we're just, uh, game. for for people who haven't seen go and to go and take a look at it uh shiva the, the her, her design in that she is a naked lady motorcycle uh yeah and nomura should not have worked again after yeah. this like it just should not have been able to get work i don't think i'm not saying like it needs to be like put on trial or anything no uh segue segue i'm just saying that like you know, retire with your money you have from this and go to an island maybe mm-hmm. and just paint unlookable, addable things in the sand, <laughs> you know, and we'll, we'll drop food and water on, in a crate <laughs> for you. Uh, and like in newspapers from two years ago, and that's the <laughs> life you can have because you cannot design things. Yeah. It is bad. You get put uh you get put on trial here they yeah. show up um they point guns which are the magic thing that make you stop mm-hmm. and say they're going to put you on uh on trial right you, you got to be dealt with and there's a handful of revelations in this this is a very long scene mm-hmm. um but we're going to kind of hit the high points from it uh so lord mika is an unsent just like seymour <laughs> this yep. is not a big deal because what do you think yevon's all about death reigns supreme in spira you know, yep. it, you know, it, li- life is short and painful, but death is eternal. Here is where our power. Here is where our power can be. Yep, um, it is about this loop. Yes, uh, because Yevon and Yevonism is all about this kind of eternal continuity. You know, sin will never be beaten, um, and summoners exist only to bolster the spirits of the people by going through this uh, by going through this ritual and. Uh, at, uh, kind of enforcing the cycle. It's this eternal feudal war to ensure that nothing ever progresses. Yes. Um, which is real weird because the idea is they're like, hey, the people should have hope before they <laughs> die. This is what it does. And then like, if the whole idea is that the majority of your existence is after you die, mm-hmm. you know, like keeping up this whole structure around something that is trivial, you know, in your cosmology is really weird to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if that's very brief and that's just like knocked out in an instant, like you've come up with this entire religion and set of systems to give people a modicum of happiness yeah. in this thing that you're saying doesn't matter. The, the the happiness is secondary to keeping the technological level of the society down. Yeah. Like that, that, that is, that is the main goal of sin and of Yevonism is to make sure that people don't uh, put together an airship that can go find dreams. Anarchant. Yeah. Which is a dogma thing. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's, it's like, it's half on theme. Mm-hmm. 
You know, like this, this, these reveals are like half on theme. Yeah. Like that's a that's the religious dogma angle coming through as something to be critiqued. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting as a thing. And like, that's why Spira is called Spira. It's the spiral of death mm-hmm. that you're in. Um, that's fine. Uh, I just wish that it would been. It just feels unfocused to me. No. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Matt, how did these reveals hit you? Um, when I was a kid, I I was kind of. Uh, I'm, how do I word this? Um, it kind of bothered me that you found out pretty much just everybody in the game was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Seymour's dead. Micah's dead. Um, and then you eventually find out Oron's dead. It just it it actually kind of bothered me that I was playing a game where the whole purpose of the whole purpose of the game was a game where everybody's dead, everybody's <laughs> going to die. And you end up finding out that Seymour's big solution is he thinks that the best thing for everybody is to die because mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you won't have any pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, is it, did it bother you because it felt like, um, since they were all dead, like it didn't matter or did it bother you because the idea of all of that death and kind of dourness bummed you out? Bummed me out when I, I mean, I yeah. was, 14 at the time and so being 14 and playing a game that you're enjoying and you know there's a lot of upbeat moments and then you just find out now that it's all this dark and death it, it was sad yeah we're mm. we're we're we're, sim- we're similar ages matt and it was it was a real bummer for me as well i, I can see that i just i think that like the fact that there is this afterlife mm-hmm. you know like it it doesn't um feel like it's about death in the same way that something about like actually letting go is yeah. this kind of first half. It's not really, you know, because, Oh, I'm sorry. That's not the end. It's like explicitly not the end, but it, like, it, it's never really stated that like as fireflies or as your scent, there's any kind of like paradise or anything. Like it could just be that those, those things are just energy that goes into a place. And the, well, like, but the, sometimes the, the, you turn into a, a zombie though. Well, if you're, if you're uh, not well, sent and you stick around, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, Right, right, which which is is what they what they do. Like, there's no explicit like heaven, yeah. in it. Even though, I don't know, like just the like the the, the, su- like the summoner server purpose they send to make sure people don't stick around and realize death is pointless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't know. You, you add that on top of the fact that again, Yuna's whole purpose is to go on this pilgrimage. Where at the end, she's supposed to die, and then one of her guardians is going to die. It was just the all of a sudden this point in the game took a turn where everything literally everything was death yeah yeah no which which is like the idea behind it but i just it doesn't what i what i want is a game like i want it to be about death and be about death in a way that you could draw a parallel to how death exists in our world Mm -hmm. which ends up being about uh like self-actual like enjoying what you have now not through being manipulated and not through like it is a Mm self-actualization thing that comes through and that's how like grappling with the reason why they're, you know, reminding yourself of death on a daily basis is a good thing Mm -hmm. is because it makes life more meaningful. Yeah. And instead we have the forces of death in here making life with their perspective that life is meaningless. Right. Uh, And that uh, people are just going to like, we need to give them this hope through these kind of like crass manipulations and lies um, that just undercuts that theme to me. Yeah. Like a lot. Like it feels like there is something there that is this idea that, um, you know, death is to be uh, part of life and is to make to be in contrast. But I don't yeah. think that it lands that. 
very much final fantasy 10.txt you know the 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 idea is there is just very poorly conveyed and when we look at final fantasy 10 as a harbinger of a lot of stuff that would eventually come down the pike um you know this is kind of a spot where we end up getting you know world building and setting up things thematically that function in the world that like seem like they should map onto something, but don't see also, I mean, we've made jokes about final fantasy 13, something that is real alienating about final fantasy 13 is that, that there's a whole vocabulary for it, right? Mm-hmm. Lissy and Falsy and things like that. And they have functions in the, in, in the world, but what that does is like put distance between you and any humanity in the story. I think that that's the, yeah. fun, that, that's what it did for me. Right. That, that's a good way to put it. Like, I'm not an idiot who can't understand metaphors. Right. Right. Like, I don't want somebody listening to this to think that I am beyond metaphor because right. it's not like it needs to be spelled out perfectly for me. But what I think this game does ultimately and what on blush makes it seem like it is a lot more philosophically robust than it is, is play around in some waters you don't get that aren't played in very much. Yeah. But doesn't do anything meaningful with them. It, it's it's you know, like never, they, they they take a concept put a trademark on it by give by, by calling it a thing but in the mm-hmm. process of doing so actually got some of its relevance yeah and it makes for a worse story because it relies on that and and part of that to me really feels like it is a lack of focus yeah you know because we we are not uh it's not a nuanced story that has this kind of sense of just being about like hey you need to be able to let go Right. You know, that is a there's a theme in it. It mm-hmm. is a like a fairly major theme in the game, but there are all these little things that muddy the theme or work in contrast to the theme or get in the way of me having an emotional or intellectual relation to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just doesn't need those. Like it's a weird function of it being stretched out so far, and it's a weird function of it needing to have this A and B side, where the A side is that it's about this pilgrimage and everything, and the B side it's like we're gonna go to a dreamland where uh, the victims of this ancient war are projecting a vengeance whale, you know, <laughs> onto like, it just, it gets confused. Like it doesn't feel yeah. like it has enough focus for me. Um, I, I just, I have to wonder if it's, if it's more powerful or has more salience in the Japanese to where they actually had room to express the concepts and state things directly. I, th- I, I, I think that, that like a the, lot of the obliqueness yeah. that happens here is a, is a result of like weird translation. Definitely. And the translation has that troubled thing that we talked about. And also, you know, the thing this, you know, a lot of the religion of this maps onto Eastern religions that I am not, uh, I'm not partial to religion in general, but I'm not, you know, I'm most familiar with Western religion. I'm less familiar with uh, religions that concern themselves with cycles and or kind of Shintoism, like the idea of you know, going in and having this guardian spirit that is, is part of this thing, which is definitely kind of getting, uh, you know, heart checked in yeah. this. Um, but it just ends up being like at this point, like the it's weird because the plot itself gets a little bit more compelling to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm down for an evil church. I'm down for being pursued. I'm down for, uh, you know, Seymour is kind of like weird, tenacious ever, you know, uh, uh, energizer bunny, like <laughs> pursuit of this on a surface level, but it does mess up the themes to me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. And and it, what it what the thing that makes it and this will, will come up to this when we get to this part in a bit is that the gut punches at the end, these emotional gut punches that work for me on a character level or work for me on a world building level just weren't set up well enough. So they do touch no. me because some of them are very strong, but they're not. Um, it doesn't feel whole yeah. to me. You know, it doesn't feel like the gut punches at the end of like torment or something like just to pull out 
a real standard in like thematic consistently consistency. You know, I just feel like I want everything to kind of work towards this a theme in a focused uh, way, and this just doesn't do it. Yeah. You know, or Dark Souls, like to bring up another example that we use a lot, but there's a little bit like a lot of things in Dark Souls, and Dark Souls deals with this cycle and mm-hmm. letting go. Yeah. Uh, and I just think it's so much better at it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have the same kind of critique of organized religion as this does, but right. it's just a better articulation of the theme. Yeah. To me. You know, and there's room for substandard articulation. It's not just like crown the king and that's the only version of that theme you get. <laughs> right. You know, and there are other reasons to play this. There are other things it does that those games mm-hmm. don't do. Like, I get that. But yeah. it just, you know, I'm talking about missed potential, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in those weird kind of half conveyed spaces, what is left is that sense of bleakness, right? Yeah. 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 Um. So you were through. <laughs> in this kind of, you know, this eternal war, this whole, you're throwing this thing called the Via Purifico. <laughs> which is a maze dungeon because again this game's got a weird sense of pacing instead instead of executing you they throw you into the oubliette yeah they throw you into oubliette and they'll be like we'll just post some guards at the end yeah that's fine because uh, they ain't so smart <laughs> um and uh this uh so you are kind of going through um two two sections here there's a, right. your land team and your wet team and your dry team it's like your elton brown <laughs> and uh the uh Dry team, uh, you know, hold on one, one second, guys. I just, I, I wanted to get kind of your thoughts on, you talked about the wet treatment, wet team and the dry team. Uh-huh. Uh, this, this whole setup right here just bugged me so much from the fact that number one, like you said, they could have just executed them. Instead, uh-huh. they sentenced them somewhere that of, co- of course, no one has ever survived. Right. And then Seymour decides that he's going to go to the end in case they leave. And then they <laughs> mm-hmm. decide to put the people that know how to swim and in the water. water in the water and the yep. people that don't on the land <laughs> yeah it's just everything about this was just like that dumb villain trope where it's yeah. like seymour you've been pretty solid up until now you're really fucked up with this whole plan <laughs> with, your with whole the, plan uh, fell apart here yeah it's, it's pretty silly i think there's a line about how the the via purifico is part of their like rituals yeah, but we've just spent an entire game showing the hypocrisy of the church and how they're they don't really believe in their rituals. Yeah, you know, like why not be morally flexible when it comes to actually destroying <laughs> your enemies? Like, but like if you're going to be morally flexible about using an elevator, yeah. <laughs> but Micah should have just said, "Well, we need a dungeon, so let's throw them in there." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very uh, just kind of a contrivance. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely, and yeah, just putting that people can swim in the water <laughs> only is very silly to me. Like yeah. the people, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. so 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 yuna's down here the dry team uh side of this is an aeon duel uh this is mm-hmm. fun i like this like the the, the other previous aeon duels success and failure didn't really matter too much because he still got mm-hmm. the prize at the end of it here you're fighting isaru um and his 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 buddies uh, and it's real tough like you're putting his your team against his mm-hmm. yeah and it's fun yeah it's fun and difficult yeah um you through here wet team uh, goes through a water part of the dungeon and uh, you actually, you fight the dragon that you killed in the sky. Yeah. Land into the water. This is introducing zombie uh, as a status to you, which will pay off later. Um, since it's zombie, uh, it cannot be healed and healing things will hurt it. And two Phoenix downs will kill it. Yeah. So you can kind of scoop past this real quick if you want. Easiest boss in the game. Yep. Which <laughs> I have no problem with. I think that's a good, it's a fine idea for this. Phantom train. Yeah. Yep.
<laughs> so um, with that, we we took it. We took a break for a dungeon and for a zombie dragon. We get back up, you know, to Seymour and Yuna. And Seymour kind of explains his motive, what he wants to do, the reason he's trying to, you know, uh, put together a facsimile of the old summoners and such by marrying Yuna. Like, he's going to, like, we need to go to Xanarkand. Uh, Yuna will summon the final uh, the final Aeon. I will be that final Aeon. I will become Sin, and I will kill all of Spira to end their suffering. Yeah. Which is, is a little under-motivated for him as a villain for me. Like yeah. as a thing, not under-motivated, but a just unsatisfying motive. There's cool like, backstory stuff for Seymour. Um, just basically, he is a he is a, another product of an abusive childhood um, mm-hmm. that, uh, that 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 comes to light. Like Anima is his mom. Like she was, you know, she became a faith in a failed pilgrimage, and he was kind of forced at a very young age to. Uh, he was exposed at a young age to all of the truths about this church in a way that would definitely warp somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but. What it boils down to is Kafka's motivation that, you know, yeah. if, if if I have to die, everybody's going to die. You know, the yep. ultimate conclusion of this is if life is suffering, I will end it. Yep. And and it's real hard to follow Kafka. Yeah. You know, it's not hard to follow Kuja, <laughs> which is what this did. Yeah. Like, step up. Got to get, you know, game recognized game better than Kuja. But uh, Kafka is the gold standard for nihilistic yeah. Final Fantasy villains. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, Kamari again, being, being, you know, the solid bro that he is in cutscenes, being (laughs) Kamari, Kamari got a Kamari just runs up and stabs him in the chest, which is pretty great. (laughs) Yep. Um, and just says, go like run, you know, at this point Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you, you run and then you go like quite a bit down this hallway and decide not to, (laughs) and then turn back where Kamari is still just staying there, stabbing (laughs) Seymour. They froze in place while you're not looking at them. (laughs) And uh, it's because of Waka's object of permanent superpowers. Um, They did not exist when, when Waka turned his back, eh? Um, So when they come back, he one wing angels a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he turns into kind of this, this is uh, is the second boss fight. This is Seymour Natus. It kind of turns into a chitin angel. Yeah. Um. With his, it's a cool design. Like, what? With his Morty, with his Morty buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It's Morty buddy. Morty. Morty buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a xenomorph that hangs out on his shoulder like a parrot. Um. <laughs> and kind of acts as it's like a little option. It's 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 a guard. It's kind of the most effective way to kill Seymour because when Morty body dies, he will revive by sucking life out of Seymour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He gets less hit points every time you do it, mm-hmm. so it becomes less effective, but it becomes a uh, a good way to like do damage during certain kind of phases. Yeah. When uh when Seymour has protected himself or what have you. Um and he uh, he has high level spells and flare. At this point flare is really a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um you can fight him but you uh you eventually take him out. Right. Through this. And instead of sending him, you get out of there. Right, right. Like just send send, send. <laughs> send. take a long. I've it doesn't it. matter. Send. <laughs> just dance a little jig and you're gonna you'll, you'll be good like i'll yep. i'll hum a song for you yep. um i'll play spoons it's fine <laughs> so we've escaped into macalania woods um you know and titus goes to find you know she's out at the campsite she's over well, everybody Mystic- everybody hints at her like it's like everybody knew that you know was horny or something because everybody you <laughs> yeah. talked to was like hey you should yeah, go uh, talk to you why don't you go talk to yuna yeah. hey, everyone's checking you well, guardians are the best wingmen you get, you get like a five-man wingman team here who just wingmans the shit out of you yeah like, go check her out. She was hanging out by the lake, and she yeah. said a couple things about being horned, and uh, it's, it's time to go, dog. 
<laughs> yep. um, time for let. Yeah, but yeah, Kamari's there to make sure that the deal is sealed. <laughs> to, to make sure that the, the, the common law marriage is consummated. <laughs> um, yeah. So you meet her at this mystic uh, pond <laughs> and you tell her, you know, you're like, hey, give up your pilgrimage and come to Xanarkand with me. And they fantasize about this a little bit, but she, you know, she can't give up her calling. So this whole thing ends up having a, a like, um, I'm going away to the army sex yeah kind of feel to it like yeah i'm gonna go become an archaeologist and maybe like i not that anybody's being coerced but it just right. has a little bit of that feeling a <laughs> uh, last chance and this ends up being one of the weird they kiss and have this underwater like uh <laughs> it's very sexual like you know there's no you know it's not like it's little show penetration <laughs> yeah it, but it's clearly like you know meant to be them having weird underwater sex yeah well i just it's it's weirdly predatory the way that he drags her underwater to do the to do the deed yeah like, it's the only way that Titus's can get off like yeah, whatever it's... the weird second race is in this that are the water people <laughs> yeah that we get like, the people can swim he fucks her the way the giant squid kill whales by, trying, <laughs> by dragging them down and drowning them <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty weird that's how titus is re like procreate you know yeah like he's ultimately a water aeon so this is the yeah. equivalent of her having sex with valifor and we know that guy would be like skydiving you know like those uh those eagle mating ritual things <laughs> with that guy so yeah. it's not that titus it, is leviathan in the sack it's that tia says leviathan titus is leviathan yeah just in general yeah. in leviathan in the sheets leviathan in the streets <laughs> um yeah it's pretty weird and kamari is <laughs> like not the whole like, time they're, they're, they, they he never watched he was watching yuna and he never leaves or anything i'm not saying they have like a picture in picture in the corner with his like play-by-play -play reactions <laughs> but they may as well yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's a lot um, <laughs> just, just the, the camera pans up and he's eating popcorn <laughs> yeah yeah just, just 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 hanging out uh you know with that smile kimari like watch yeah kimari kimari like to watch that's uh yeah. Kakmari. The um yeah, it's it's something else. Uh as in the in the the pantheon of GRPG sex scenes. Um so after they leave, you know, morning after, uh, you know, they're gonna leave uh the woods, uh, and you end up in the calm lands. Um we find a little backstory of this area. This is where the summoners old used to battle sin because there's not a lot of habitation here. Right. Um and now there are side quests weirdly um, we're pretty late in the game but now there are side quests so if you want to do a bunch of side quests now here here is a bladder along the along the uh the line of this uh these capillaries and stuff we've been going down it is a miniature world map like you can ride a chocobo here if you want to um mm -hmm. yeah uh, and it's weirdly empty for having having this stuff in it yeah yeah it's really strange and when you ride a chocobo you have to tame them mm-hmm because um, chocobos the control of chocobos in this game is not okay like yeah. you control them and it feels very bad yeah it's, it's um, like a, it's like a weird like they they you move in four directions instead of eight weirdly yeah you know yep. we'll talk about it when we get to the end game stuff yeah yeah so like while we're here we're going to keep up the sense of pace yes so yeah. uh in the center of this is a travel agency um rin's travel agency he's this albad who's been kind of following along with us um mm -hmm. you know and a priest comes up saying like hey you're wanted for maester kenok's murder like he just kind of got um at up in the in the fracas back there well, see seymour absorbed him like see yeah. he died one of the the guys stabbed him and seymour sucked him up to turn into his oh yeah cartilage form yeah 
but like oh. you know the, the these other priests they understand what's going on and they they give the warning instead of you know carting her in which is good additionally mm-hmm. the ronso maester has left the church yeah and we met him he was the guy who did our trial and we kind of skipped over our trial there's not a whole lot to it no yeah. um you just get found it's it's a mock trial you know mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a sham mm-hmm. but the ronso was the the fair kind of honorable one and yeah. he's left the church over this right um you know because he, he's not necessarily believe uh things you get into another uh Belgamine, uh duel with shiva Mm-hmm. And this allows you to customize Aeon stats. I think we could give them abilities before, but now we can feed them items to increase their stats. Yeah, which is good. Like that, um, in addition to your affinity with them, helps determine their effectiveness and they scale up with Yuna as she goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they scale up with her stats specifically too. Yes. So if you, when Yuna finishes her thing, if you take her down, like it's pretty counterintuitive, but taking her down instead of Lulu's path, which is what you'd want to do just because hey magic yeah. users tinkering down Oron's path is actually really good because her aeons will be very strong and hit very hard yeah at that point really turn um, her into a paladin the, yeah pretty much um this is where the monster arena is which we'll talk about that in the end game but i hate it um it's very <laughs> mmo collect your things yeah yeah style yep um uh, the, the, so uh matt do you have anything like is there anything that we missed in the Calmlands outside of remium temple no, and I mean, uh, Belgamine, I mean, she alludes to it. Uh, but I remember when I was a kid, I, I never picked up on that my first time through. It wasn't probably until uh, I, sometime in my second time through where I finally realized there was this badass hidden temple in the calm lands that you mm-hmm. didn't know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of hidden a little bit. It's like you, t- you take that little uh, switch back down. Yeah. Well, you have to, you know, like, you have, to, you have to understand that interacting with a chocobo feather as a chocobo will make you jump, jump. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So and that was Very gone. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so the exit out of here uh, is to the north uh, to go to Mount Gagazet. Uh, you know, it's kind of this last stop on the way to on the way to Xanarkand. Um, it's also this holy mountain. Uh, and as we go in, these Guado confront us. You know, Seymour saying like, "Hey, come back here," uh, and they have sent Defender X, their giant stone robot, uh, to fight you. Yep. And th- I think this is a pretty goofy looking robot. Yeah. I do not like the stone robot. <laughs> Um, and the, uh, yeah, so you fight it, it has very high physical resistance, um, does a lot of damage. Um, this will get downgraded into a regular enemy eventually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like fairly soon, actually. <laughs> like they'll, they'll downgrade them into a regular enemy, like in the last 10th of the game where they put all the enemy variety. So once you get past him, you get to Mount Gagazet. Or Ga- yeah, Gagazet. Um, the Ronso don't want to let you pass uh, because, and the Ronso Pope mm-hmm. is here. And uh, you say like, hey, don't you have any doubts about this? <laughs> you know? And uh, he's like, I, of course I have doubts, but I'm not sure. And Yuna says like, and she, or he asks like, why are you continuing your pilgrimage if you're ex- excommunicated? And she's like, no, I just really want to do it. I want to defeat mm-hmm. sin. And that's what causes him to, to believe in her and let them pass. <laughs> So it breaks down to, you can't go, but I want to. Yeah, but I want, oh, if you want to, you can go. <laughs> right. um, they go through here, and this is, um, again, like, real quick, something I wanted to say about this game, and I don't know where else to put it, but this makes sense, um, is we talked about it earlier, the game kind of lacking a, a town, 
kind of thing. Yeah. This is about when I noticed this weird artificiality of just having a merchant set up just for you at various locations. Yeah. Like you never get the sense of like, I never felt like I was exploring the Ronso town. Like, and that would have given a little bit of that like road trip feel of just checking out different cultures and stuff. Yeah. And I just didn't feel it from this. This is just like a dungeon pathway. Like it's a hallway essentially. Yeah. With a merchant stuck outside of it. It's, a, a few, it's like a chalice dungeon. With, 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 a, with a few Ronso. Yeah. The, the, the closest that you get is those Albed travel marts. Yeah. Yeah. But no, mm. no like town feeling. Yeah. Like there's a guy here. There's a couple different merchants. There's the Albed, there's Rin, and there's a guy named Iwaka who is a, a kind of a, a slime ball. Yeah. And they just kind of show up at different places, you know? And it's just, yeah, it's a bummer to me. But anyway, because I I think I had a resupply here and I was like, why have I not been to a store in a long time? <laughs> right. It wasn't like a truck stop. Mm-hmm. But you go up, uh, you go up this mountain path and the uh, two, um, you find this monument to the guardians who have fallen. Um, you find a, a camcorder, a VHS tape of a Braska yeah. encouraging Yuna um, here. And uh, <laughs> Weirdly, Braska says, I know you will follow your own path. Literally, as he leaves something in his path that she will find as she follows yeah. in his path. Psych. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also in here i know we can't skip it this is also where the ronso pope says like we'll let you guys through but then his uh balkan skull decide not to <laughs> and this is where kamari's backstory happens yeah kamari's childhood bullies so kamari yeah. you know he was he was forced out of his uh culture and shame um a because he was small um he was like two heads shorter than the than the other ronso um but and b because he lost this duel and broke his horn which is you know not a great thing mm-hmm uh, so you do a, a one-on-one fight with the character you've definitely leveled up the least. <laughs> and it, it, it's galling because they know you've done that. So they pin the enemy's stats to Kamari's. They scale with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's not so bad, but also this can, this was a big wall for me, not this time around, but when I was younger. Oh, well. For sure. Um, I had a hard time with it because I, I think I like literally never used him. I don't think I tagged him in for XP. Oh, wow. When I first played this, cause I didn't really have that as a concept as before I played Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Mechanically what this serves, you know, because it is a bit of a gimme fight. If you've used him at all, um, mm-hmm. they have a bunch of Ronza rages, a bunch of blue magic that you can lance at them to get. So like, this is one of the easiest ways to get white wind. Yeah. 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 And you can get ones you missed. Yeah. You can vacuum those up. Uh, for never using them. Um, when you get to the, the summit, here's Seymour again. Yeah. It's a little too soon after the last time we fought Seymour. Um, and they genocided the Ronso. Yeah, he comes in and says, the, the, the Ronso were a proud race. And when you go back, yeah. there's still Ronso there. So yeah, <laughs> he mildly... They're, they're just thinking, yeah, he, he took out a lot of Ronso. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, because they were trying to protect your your ascension there. Yeah, like they, they, they were guarding your back. Yeah. Um, it was it was a nice moment when they said they would do that, and mm-hmm. now he's going to kill us so he can become sin again, uh, so he can kill everybody. And this brings in the fight of Seymour Flux. Yes. Um. So this is uh, another zombie fight where they're mm-hmm. fucking around with zombie. Mm-hmm. Um. He casts zombie on your characters and then will full life them, so they die, and then he's starting to mess around with the reflect. Yes. Um. So he's kind of messing around with a couple of these combat tricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, demonstrating them to you so you know so you know to use them later. Yeah, um, if you're paying yep. attention. Yeah, um, and also like he has this option with him that if you if the fight goes on too long, he will cast total annihilation. Um, it's a fine real time strategy game, I guess. Uh, but no, it's a laser and missile barrage that does a bunch of damage to you. Yep. 
And it's also has the Morty Morty prefix. Yes. I can't I can't remember what the thing's <laughs> called. It's also like a Morty buddy. <laughs> um yeah. And after this, another secret is revealed. Yeah. Uh, for some reason they fight him off and then he doesn't get sent. No, this is where he gets sent. Because we the last time we fight him is in the afterlife, right? Um, does he finally get sent here? Or do no, he, he, he doesn't then? get sent here. I think he, he gets away before you can do it, but not before he's Fuck. not before he reveals. Correct, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. God damn it. Um, <laughs> not before did you guys that. start to get as resident evil fans? Did you guys start to get a real T virus vibe from Seymour? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That he just keeps this, transforming. This is, um, it's also a thing. Like if you go back and play any other final fantasies, it's a real final fantasy thing. Yeah. Like this oh, is okay. maybe the most times it's happened to a main character, but like we earlier, we called it one winged angel and that's yeah. a very specific, a character turning into a weird resident evil monster. Yeah. Um, and like, even if you look at like biological horror stuff, um, like final fantasy seven also had Genova. who was this, cos- yeah, co- yeah. this cosmic being like, you know, who starts out as like half of a body, but eventually mutates. You fight her a bunch of times. Um, yeah. you know, so Seymour, Seymour Flux probably like they, they are probably up there in the running for the most, the most times you fight a single person in multiple forms. But uh, the Genova song is much better than the Seymour song. Yeah. Well, they saved the best Seymour song for the end. Is the yeah. thing. Yeah. True. But it's it's no Genova song. <laughs> I know. It's unassailable. It's, it's unassailable. Yeah. Super good. Um, so Titus reveals another secret at this point. He's like, hey, actually, Jekt is uh, my old man is sin. Yeah. And weirdly, like, <laughs> not, not a real big reaction to that. Yeah. <laughs> from people. I was expecting that to have more of an impact. Yeah. Or for someone just not to believe him because he's Titus, you know? <laughs> right. Well, it's like, like Titus reveals it. Like, you know, just like I, I've been hiding something. He, it's like he expects them to feel betrayed. But in reality, they just feel bad for him, which is the real reaction. That's the yeah. only reaction you could expect. <laughs> I was wondering about whether that betrayal uh, feeling was a cultural thing. Because they, in Japan, like, there is a lot more of kind of like ancestor or, you know, from somebody from your family, like guilt by association. Yeah. Is less of a, you know, a Western idea is very, indivi- you know, Western is very individualistic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very much like you're responsible for yourself. I I, I know that in, in my reading, my understanding is that Titus's relationship with Jet is a far bigger deal um, in Japan, specifically because hating your dad is just not something you do openly. Yeah. And again, my, my limited understanding. Here. Oh yeah, hitting your dad's yeah. national pastime. What? Yeah, it's essentially it's essentially baseball with feelings. <laughs> like, you know, like I mean, most people have parent issues or something like that, or some right. kind. Like your dad or your mom, like substituting their parent. But you know, yeah. I know more people that have parent issues than don't. Right. Right. You know, the people I know that just have healthy relationships with both their parents, I can count on like two hands. Right. So yeah. So uh, that again, I, I, I don't know that I'm not from that culture. It's just what I've read in different interpretations, but weirdly for that Jekt is way more popular in America than he is in Japan. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I, I find uh Jekt like kind of funny, but yeah, hard for yeah. me to think of as like, you know, be a real big fan of the weird shitless, <laughs> drunken child abusing dad <laughs> yeah. character. Like not super into him. Yeah. Um, um, this leads to some more exposition. Like we get to this very cool, um, kind of visual set piece, you know, we get, we, we get to this and we see like a massive wall of these frozen bodies. Um, like, like they like, they were crawling over each other and were frozen in, in, in place. They've got fireflies hanging around them, their faith. And someone is drawing massive power from them. Nobody can figure out what this many faith could summon. Um, mm-hmm. but we're going to find that out here in this dream sequence as Titus touches one of them. Yep. 
And he falls into a vision in his past of uh, Xanarkand, where he's like on his houseboat. You get to see what Jesus' apartment looked like, if you're ever curious. <laughs> yeah. There's some Chinese takeout. Yeah. Um, and uh, that hooded child comes up, who's a faith, and essentially reveals uh, the the twist with Titus here. Yeah. Like, Titus, you know, you are a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is another big, you know, so long ago, the summoners of Xanarkin were about to lose that war with Bevel and Smachana. The survivors became faith and summoned a dream of Xanarkin to preserve it. Right. Um, and Titus and Jekt are also dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're a little bit more than that now because they've tra- they've switched worlds or yeah, whatever. They, they, they've, they've encountered and touched sin. Basically they have like, yes. they're, they're, they're something more, but still like the, you know, whatever is summoning sin and summoning the Xanarkin is kind of the linchpin. However, yeah. the danger here isn't just that sin is going around and killing everybody. The faith need to rest. Like they're like, yeah. this cannot go on forever. Like you need to, you need to stop this. Um, mm-hmm. It's very unclear when they call Titus a dream, like, me- like metaphorically, that's fine. But like, this is one, one spot where I, I would, I wish they would have used a noun like, Oh, Titus, you're a summon. Like, Titus, yeah. like you, you are an Aeon, you know, like it just like, what, what if instead of being like a big winged monster, the Aeon was a city full of people. Yes. Yeah. And a dream has connotations of being, of not mattering. Yeah. You know, like a dream is specifically, it's, it's specifically something that doesn't matter. It's like an ephemeral thing that is not real. And that's not really what they're going for. Where, right. um, Even if they've used spirit instead of dream. Yeah. You know, like that would have been fine. Like Aeon would have been the best thing yeah. to say. Manifestation. Um, manifestation. <laughs> like lots of different words that could have been but they only they have to say a dream <laughs> yeah. and you have to say that really quickly. You have, you know, point three seconds to say that. Yeah. So it has to be that even though. So even if the localizers recognize that problem, they were hamstrung to solve it. Yeah. Um, and it does end up making part of the end of this and part of other things that contributed to it, too. Like the fact that you spend the whole end of the game in a dreamy, weemy, psychedelic, wacky space <laughs> kind of thing that like is visually nice, but has very little concrete meaning to it no, no relation yeah yeah has no relation kind of like the this is not quite a concrete plot and yeah. i think that's trying to present itself as such but really it is pretty dreamy we me yeah you know functionally what this does is it turns the relationship between titus and yuna on its head they're working yeah, as hard tragedy yeah they're they, they turning <laughs> they're working incredibly hard to defeat sin without sacrifice but you know there will be a death at the end of this just not who anyone expects Yep. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, and Yuna, like ultimately, you know, is, it's not her journey to accept that because she doesn't know it until the end. Mm-hmm. And Titus hides you it. Know? And yeah. Titus hides it. Um, it's her job to accept it afterwards. Uh, but then they undo it. Right. Because square. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So Titus wakes up, uh, everybody pulls him back in and we head into Gagazette cave. Yep. 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 Um, so they go in there, uh, swimmers separate because they have to do these trials to move forward. This feels very fillery to me. Yeah. Um, these trials, uh, it's like literally like target practice and like Unders- you know, <laughs> understanding which character is what size. Yeah. It, it's really, it's really baby. Like those little like strollers, they have the activity <laughs> things on them, uh, for this, because it's like, again, similar to the trials with the sphere is like, this is what the summoners have to do. <laughs> Yeah. Like, what if a summoner didn't have a blitzball player on their team? <laughs> Ever consider that? Um, I guess they're just shit out of luck. You know? Maybe that's why Jack Twill was the most recent success. Well, that's definitely why he was recruited. Yeah. But like, it's just like, it's just 
you know, because it's not like I, we need the drunken carny like for anything yeah. other than <laughs> this. It just it's silly. Like, what yeah. size? Who? What? What size goes on what? Like, let's do some basic shape and color recognition <laughs> puzzles. Like, it's it's bad. It's, it's this like, is dumb. It's like Peggy Hill's IQ test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It's exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> dumb and bad. Um, but funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> as you, after you get through these little these little non puzzles, um, you get ready to access the cave. And uh, Oron says, like, hey, uh, Lady Unaleska is sending fiends after us. Wait a minute. Uh, Unaleska- she's what? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, you another secret that you've been keeping for no particular reason. Yeah. This mythical um, figure from the past, she is definitely alive. To say, wait, she's yep. she, she's alive? She's as alive as Micah and Seymour are. Yeah. And just wait until you see what she's wearing. <laughs> um, so she is an, she's an unsent. Yeah. Um. Outside the the cave, we get another kind of like a, a boss here, the Sanctuary Guardian, not the Dark Soul Sanctuary Guardian, but another one. Right. Um, looks cool. It's like I'm a weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is good because uh, it will do a bunch of status effects on you. So it does darkness, silence, and curse. Curse doesn't show up an awful lot in the main game, um, but yeah. it stops you from being able to fire off your overdrives. Yep. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, we also, so we get to see Xanarkand. Um, it is this like really, really kind of striking view mm-hmm. um and he just finds a vhs uh, cassette that yuna made that's her farewell to all the individual members of the team yeah which is very sweet yeah this got me um yeah. that it was yeah i don't know it was it was very well conveyed um but because <laughs> i cannot be sincere the entire time when she gets to titus and she has to say and to the newest guardian yeah when she, when she calls her <laughs> love interest the new guy I was like, oh yeah, my gosh, you, you were doing so good. Oh, like this, yeah. this landed, like we weren't supposed to see this until the end. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They should, ne- yeah, they should never have made you be able to name Titus. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, big problem, yeah. but the rest of it actually, it lands pretty well. Yeah. Um, and this gets us back up to the beginning of the game. Like we're, we've caught up to the framing device, you know, we yep. see the same scene over again. But it, um, it's nighttime now. Yeah. Like they see like they're all gathered around. So it did literally just like let's recount every random battle we've had I, for a day. I I, th- I think that like when when Titus is narrating, that's when he's walked away. He's not like regaling the group with the story. Uh, okay. So is he? He's talking to you, the, the the viewer, because this is his story. I th- I assumed he was telling the kind of the reason why he was telling the origin is because he had or he was telling his story is because he. Oh yeah, time now. Like, yeah, time now, and he, well, he wanted to talk about his, or, like, his literal origins. Like, mm-hmm. what, you know, let's recap now that we have all this new information. Right. Like, this is me and Xanarkand. Now we know, you guys all know that Jack is my old man. We all know about Unaluska. We all know about the church. Yeah. Stuff like that. Do you have a read on that, Matt? No, no I, I, I agree with you. But I, I like this um, mechanic. I like this storytelling device of kind of going backwards. Because mm-hmm. now you know anything from this point. Uh, I mean, anything could happen. Yeah. 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 Like no one's safe. <laughs> right. Because yeah. up until this point we saw, you know, we knew everyone at least lived to that point. Yeah. Yeah. So we're off yeah. the map as we go into Xanarkins, uh, you know, running along these highways that we ran along at the beginning of the game, except now they are broken and fragmented and the place is full of monsters and stuff. And we get yeah. to the Blitzball arena, which is now acting as a gigantic uh, sphere like we have all these pyreflies and we see like remnant memories it's like system shock 2 yep yep as you're walking through including seeing flashback seymour with the bad haircut no yeah. uh begging his mom not to go away to become a faith um and she said you know i'm gonna do that and then you can you can summon me to defeat sin and people will actually finally accept you you'll she, be your little half breed <laughs> she's anima 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She is. She is the BDSM mom. Yeah. <laughs> yep. BDS mom. Yeah. BDS mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, they don't. Yeah. yeah. We, we we go into the cloister. The Xanarkin trial um, kind of involves picking out these Tetris pieces on the floor. Uh, it's real trial and error. Like you have to walk and see uh, like which which node will activate which one. Uh, the trick for this is just look on game facts. There's somebody who's kind of sketched it out, like which pieces where. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's not really testing anything good yeah. about you. Like, you're, you know, it's not a puzzle. Like you don't feel smart for finishing this. Like, I mean, feel however you want. I'm not trying to tell somebody not to <laughs> right. feel smart, but it's not a puzzle. There's not intuition in this. It's yeah. very trial and error. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, so okay. while, while we've been going through this too, we've, we've seen um, uh, ghosts of Oren and Jack and Braska doing their thing here um as they mm -hmm. as they do this last leg that's important for what we're going to see later yes yep um so you fight the this boss here uh you fight the spectral keeper here it has platforms around it like the end of final fantasy 7 yeah uh you know those character things and uh it counterattacks three platforms and you can jump from uh other from platform to platform to kind of get behind it. It's got that positional aspect to it. Mm -hmm. um, but what it likes to do is berserk your party members. So they'll keep attacking and triggering these counters. Yeah. And it's, can't move between spots. It's really good. And every few turns, what it will do is it will pick two platforms at random and place a mine on it. And if you are still on that space, when they fire off, that character will die. This includes the um, platform that aeons are summoned onto. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This yep. is really good. <laughs> like just uh, that, that they are still throwing this stuff at you uh, this late in the game is a big thumbs up for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's neat. They do good, good, uh, good boss fights. Yeah. <laughs> um, we get this last faith, um, but it's been depowered. There's no power there. Yeah. Like as you're going, like you hear, you know, I, I think it's like Jekt or something saying, wait, there's no faith. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're down here. Lady Unaleska Un appears um, dressed in a parka and a cloak. Um, and yep. she's and, uh, very modest. Like you yeah. can't actually see any of her, uh, her bikini line, you know, <sighs> no, the turtle, yeah. turtle neck was unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. no, she comes out like a library and anything. she, she, she does the beginning of Bayonetta and shakes all that stuff off and you just see her, uh, you know, her V like <laughs> it's, it's, it's very like bikini, sexy, uh, sexy faith mom. Yeah. She's wearing a bow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> She's wearing a shoelace. I have like a tied shoelace. Mr. Maester. Happy birthday. I mean, we sound like prudes a lot when we talk about this. Like, it's, it's a ridiculous design that just, but like, you, you can't, you wouldn't believe it. Like, go look it up. The bikini that she's wearing is painted on. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing is she is this, uh, she's the first woman who, you know, the first person who defeated sin. Like, she's been around. She's an ancient, like undead sorceress. Yeah. You know, and she doesn't dress up in kind of like semi like maleficent kind of sexy ancient sorceress gear. Mm -hmm. She she dresses up like in just a dumb bikini for no reason. She, I mean, she should be dancing the Motley Crew. Yeah, in yeah. A video. She looks like somebody named Faith. Yeah. Just, <laughs> she yeah. doesn't look like, you know. So it's it's rough stuff, man. Like it's a yeah. bad design. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, so she explains the the thing that happens. Like, here's what happens. Nobody knew this, but when summoners get here, they choose one of their party members. That party, that's how we get new Aeons. That party member becomes a faith. Mm -hmm. um, and then they summon that Aeon to fight Sin. And then that 
Aeon takes Sin's place. Yeah. Uh, like, well, like whatever is driving Sin jumps to it. And yep. that, like, that is how the rebirth happens. They start small and then they, they eventually become, you know, what, what you see today. Yep. And that's why it takes 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, what, who do you want to sacrifice? Yep. Make, make your choice. Yep. Um, and we, Kamari. <laughs> just Sorry. shove him in. Kamari yeah, deal. Kamari understand. Kamari <laughs> make choice long ago. Yeah, Kamari knew this was coming. Kamari just not tell. Um, so we get a flashback to that their original trio were following in the footsteps of and Jack volunteer. That's how Jack became Sin. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, you know, I wanted to have, uh, I wanted Titus to be the star player. I wanted to put this pressure in, on him. Since I can't do that because I, I no longer live in the same universe as my son, uh, I'm going to uh, become this so my life can have some meaning. Right. So um, that's how he accepts this. You know, and, and Oron does not exist, accept it. No, so, Oron, you know, like the rip raises a very valid point saying like, this is ridiculous. Why should we have to sacrifice ourselves? Sin is a cycle. You're not actually fixing anything. And Braska, ever the optimist says like, hey, this might be the last. Um, yeah. Inject, you know, it's not just that his life doesn't have meaning right now. Uh, he's found this new meaning. He believes he has a way to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like he probably, I think maybe he had the same revelation, uh, that, that Titus had on the way up maybe. Um, and he's mm -hmm. kind of the architect for the way that this can shake out. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so the party, you know, says, Hey, Unaleska, is there another way? Um, she says, no, sin is never ending. Waka's having a real rough time with this whole thing. Yeah. Cause like, all this time he's been saying, we follow the precepts to atone. Yep. And, and she says, no, there's no such thing as atonement. It doesn't matter how few, you know, uh, uh, fans you use mm -hmm. or how, how many PlayStation fours you throw in the ocean. Like you're never going to please sin. car batteries. Um, yeah. And she's saying like, yeah. Uh, and she says, you know, my existence, you know, this entire thing is all hope without, without me, without sin, without, without this entire structure, there is no hope. Yeah. And again, it's, she's kind of just reiterating what we know, yeah. you know, about uh, that being the whole point of the church. Right. Um, so uh, we get this vision again, we're doing these flashbacks from Oren uh, making his way after this happened, you know, Braska died. Uh, Jack became sin and he wants to get revenge on Unaleska um, and goes up and gets his neck broke. Yeah. Essentially like gets <laughs> killed in one kind of one shot. Yes. And it's also where he loses his eye. Yeah. Um, uh, big deal. You know, so Oren, as we've said, is an, is an unsent. He admits this later, uh, but <laughs> pretty cool reveal. I like it a lot. Yep. <laughs> yep. And before we fight Unaleska, she kind of delivers, you know, the, the thesis line for the church. It's better for you to die in hope than live in despair. Let me be your liberator. Mm-hmm. And this is where we fight yep. her. Let me be your liberator is also a line from somebody named Faith. Um, and this is this is a, a infamous boss fight. In this we have different. We talked about this in the green room and stuff. But before we did our cases on, cases on this, what do you think about it, Matt? Th this was a wall that I hit um, when I was younger. Um, every time I played the game, she was just a tough boss for me to fight up against. Um, especially because she goes through the different forms, and in between those forms, she casts you know zombie 
And then when she switches to the next form, she starts casting life and just that balance of having to keep some of your characters in a zombie state going into that third match with her. She's, she's tough. She's tricky. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's definitely like what, what she's kind of doing here is messing. We've had zombie introduced to us. Mm -hmm. So that's not a gotcha to me, but she switches back and forth and she zombies you and you're like, why well, have to get rid of zombie? Um, and there's a, like a gotcha in this to me, like her whole, her big trick, like, is that eventually once she gets to a phase where she casts death on everyone after you've already de-zombied, like it can be after you've de-zombied yourself. It doesn't have to be. If, if you have if been you, diligently de-zombifying your party, she will cast a spell called she, mega death that will wipe you. Yes. That just is an automatic wipe. No saves, no nothing. Um, and I just think that's a real shitty gotcha. Yeah. You know, like it's the actual concept of this. Once you see it coming, it's fun to strategize for, mm -hmm. but like, it just feels like, nope, you like you have to do this twice. Yeah. Essentially. And you can't skip cutscenes in this. No, that, and that's um, unforgivable. That's terrible. You know, that's really annoying. And it just makes it, it's like less good design. Like it just feels like trial and error as opposed to like, if I was clever, I could see this coming. It's not yeah. the elevator in Sun's Fortress. You know, it's just a gotcha. Yeah. And you, you raise a good point when you talk about like the gotcha would be, would be more forgivable if there was, you know, kind of like a shorter time to iterate. Like, yeah. like oh, like you get hit by this lesson learned. I can be ready for it like that. That forces me into a very particular battle condition. Um, that would be fine if you didn't also have to go through like seven minutes of cutscenes to get there. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 I can get along with that. I think that your opinion of the Unalaska fight is going to be uh, kind of shaped by your first exposure to that gotcha. So for, for me, and, you know, like, this is such a memorable fight. I even rem remember back as a kid playing this. Um, you know, I recognized that there was not enough time to de zombie everybody, you know, just like, like, like that puts you into a constant, you're fighting back against a pattern. It seemed easier to just keep people in zombie and put up reflect and, you know, just kind of deal with her healing herself that way, uh, than to kind of like constantly be chasing, chasing the fact that she can zombify everybody at once. Um, mm. and so like when somebody died, <laughs> they would come back, uh, you know, come back as, as a living person, you know, I got through that with like two party members zombified and I realized, oh, well that was a freebie. And that justified my decision to, you know, kind of embrace the fact that zombieism was not really a big deal. If you could account for the fact that she was throwing heal spells at you. So like, because of that, my opinion of this is going to be a lot different while recognizing that like. Yeah, it's shitty that they make you iterate if you are following a strategy of, you know, addressing every status effect as it hits you. Well, and well, it's it, a strategy of that, like, it encourages before that. Does it? You know, it's not an unreasonable strategy to, like, de-zombify your dudes. And we had a zombie fight with Seymour mm -hmm. not too long ago where it seems to be teaching you about how serious zombie can be. Mm. Right? Like, we just had a fight where they zombies you and they full life you. So it's yeah. like, this, leaving my guy zombied means one-shot deaths. You know, in the the language of the game, like in the mm. the progression of the game. Yeah, I, um, I I think I think that like it's it's bad design and that it is down to chance that like you know I think generally it's far more likely that you are going to have somebody zombified when that attack fires than mm. than, than it is like that that condition is far more likely than you having everybody healed up. I think that it is so hard to keep to, to stay caught up that like you get past that. That's like a like a wall, you know, a very narrow slot in the wall that you get through and you realize, okay, I can get back from this. For me, it felt like mm. this big dramatic thing 
but I under, like mm-hmm. I I totally understand like why people like tear their hair out at this. I'd like for for me it ended up being like this really satisfying test of kind of understanding the status of the status effects, not just zombie but also reflect and also you know like how regen works, uh, you know outpacing healing, uh, and also like I can cast shell on her to make healing less effective. Like it felt like it was testing a bunch of stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that stuff does work. Sorry, Matt. Please continue. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, and, and it kind of goes against what you've been doing the rest of the, the whole game up till this point. I mean, mm-hmm. even after fighting her, you know, two or three times and dying with Mega Death, I would still get into those battles. And all of a sudden I would use a Mega Phoenix and kill my two living part, party members mm-hmm. while I resurrect the one. Or, yeah. you know, somebody that has zombie would get down to, you know, a thousand health. And then I would use a high potion on them and forget. And it was, shit, I killed them. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. it's tough to balance all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, the, it's the, like a the, plate you have to keep spinning. The, the, the fact that it was like such an inversion of the regular kind of fight, like heal, heal bad, death good. Like, like that to mm-hmm. me was like a real cool, like Eureka moment. And and I think that's cool too. I just think that you have to hint that threats are coming. Yeah. You know, like good good design to me is about not gotcha-ing things. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just I just had an a different experience. I don't remember this fight from when I was younger, other than remembering it was hard. I obviously didn't remember the specific gimmick, mm-hmm. you know, or I would have prepared for it, but I was like de-zombied and just had, you know, a party wipe that just felt like, oh, like there was nothing I could have done about that. Yeah. You know, if I if I had been you know, the, the place it's playing in, I agree, is really neat. And the mm-hmm. tests and stuff that's doing are very cool. I just like it, it felt like a troll. Yeah. You no, know, I, and like pe- people's kind of like tolerance or appreciation for that. Like it's a big thing when I talk to Will about games, like Will loves being trolled by games. Mm-hmm. And I just don't like I, I feel like I want information and I want to be tested. I want to be yeah. quizzed. I don't want to be trolled. Yeah. And and I'm I'm willing to kind of concede that this is definitely something where my experience just led to me kind of maybe getting what the developer intended. Uh, but they mm. were just very, you know, they, they they leaned into a dangerous way to approach it that would that would alienate and troll the majority of people. Like I only succeeded because I was bad at keeping zombie down on my dudes. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I I just it's also a missed potential thing where I just the things that you like about it I also like about it. Yeah, I just think that like second level instant death thing is just kind of a bummer. Yeah, like the other parts of it I do think are really cool. Yeah, her visual design's great. <laughs> like yeah. you know so the uh painted on bikini lady never goes away but like there is more, <laughs> she's an iceberg there is way more of her below the surface as she reveals through these different uh, uh phases and the end is this gigantic medusa head yeah yeah, yeah which looks really great that she sits features. on like a lawn chair facing the opposite <laughs> direction yep yep yeah yep <sighs> doing doing a little lap dance <laughs> on the medusa head yeah there um after you after you uh kill her uh you know so it's like it's like well what do we do we have to kill sin without this final aeon we don't have it um oran says he's unsent explain mm-hmm. explains that to everybody and how he got got to you jack told him hey take care of titus so he rode sin to dream xanarkand to come extract you yes um, so that kind of kind of says dreams Anarchan exists physically somewhere like sin yep. can sin can go there. And that's, you know, that that's what happened. I love after you kill Unaleska, Waga's like, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's like, you're just going to be in a state of PTSD for the rest of your life, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Your entire identity was based on falsehoods, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and he uh, rubs the back of his neck. Oh yeah. Got to keep um, that callus up. When we, when you go outside, sin is there. 
kind of like witnessing this <laughs> just watching um, yeah yeah which is great this is this is one of the times where the design really works for me like <sighs> it's just kind of weird and surreal yeah um the airship shows up uh which we mentioned and when you get on you talk to yuna and Terman, you know so listen these are some ideas we have one jet like the hymn of the faith so we might be able to summon him with that yeah might be able to calm him actually yeah like we saw we saw that at um makalania yeah um yeah and, and, and then the, we can we can kind of jump him yeah like well like you know just like if, if if there's no if there's no way onto him or into him we'll blow we'll blow it a new one yep no. uh we will blow a new one and they also <laughs> say like hey mika knew a lot about this stuff yeah let's go to mika and get these answers out of him right so you go back to Bevel, they're rebuilding because, you know, Seymour kind of wrecked the place up, and so did we. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked to Micah and the Bahamut faith here, you know, um, and we learn mm-hmm. kind of, you know, Yevon and the Yevon, is, the Yevon religion is named after you, Yevon, you know, this uh, Xanarchand uh, summoner from way back in the day, ancient times. He lives at the heart of sin. Um, and as long as he lives, sin will keep coming back. So this is kind of our Zeromus moment a little bit uh, and that he is the mastermind behind it, but it is still justified because sin is the way it manifests. Yeah. Yep. And he's, he's this unthinking, like this, it feels a little bit like a vengeance from like a, a, a culture that lost a war to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like he's this unthinking idiot chaos at the center of sin. Like they talk about how he's unfeeling yeah. and unthinking and he just summons. All he knows is summons. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I like the idea that he used to be human, but throughout this process, he has been twisted and warped into this, yep. into this parasite essentially. Yep. And uh, if he dry, if he dies, the dream will die. So Titus will die. Uh, Ertis will die and they, uh, but he doesn't tell us to do that no if you want so we know what to do and if you're a certain type of person you're now going to go spend 60 hours getting <laughs> ultimate weapons yeah. so if you want to play a whole nother worse game before you get <laughs> to the end of game of this go do all this stuff we're going to talk about real quick <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of this that's worth doing um specifically getting the aeons i think that I, I think only the aeons is worth doing yeah i think the rest of it is like super miss me yeah okay Make yeah but, so by, by time the aeons are not a lot of it but by like new geometry the aeons are a pretty big deal like you go through bonus dungeons to do that yeah 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 um so let's talk about these i've never done the cactor village it's bad yeah I, I did I did like a little I dipped my toe in all of these yeah. just to remind myself of them and then I went and read about them. So yeah. the character village this is how you get um, Riku's ultimate weapon I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, go and you find cactors in the desert and you have this kind of scavenger hunt to go find them. Um, and it just tells you like it's like oh this one was it's, it's being cute like this guy was an idiot and he was going to get water. This guy just learned to count to fifty and he's doing this like. It's and when you get there though you play hot and cold like red like red light green light mm-hmm. with them uh, to get up to them and you have to go through all of them and they get increasingly uh, kind of difficult um, clues and fights at the end. Um, Cactor is you know a mascot character mm-hmm. um, show up there just as hard here. They kind of throw in some mix ups like you'll fight two of them at once and they immediately both start with the ten thousand needles mm. attack so uh, your guys can die right away and then you're up against two of them. Um, really kind of a pain. 
And if you don't have an item that gives you no encounters yes. while you're doing this, you're doing this in the worst encounter rate place in the game. And no encounter equipment is not guaranteed at this point. The, like, like it's a rare drop from um, a character. Uh, and this is me reading about the strategy on how to do this. Cause I yeah, stopped, yeah. but there's like ghosts that have a rare drop thing. You can get a certain, if you grind up an item, you can add it to a piece of equipment. Yeah. But you're doing this while dealing with the desert random encounter rate. Yeah. The the, the assured way to get a no encounter effect is to do the Bodge Temple. Uh if you mm-hmm. go if you go for anima, you fight the boss there, it drops a weapon that has no encounter on it. That mm-hmm. is that is the way to do it without grinding. Yeah. 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 Um but yeah, like that is a, consider me surprised. I love Cactors. It's one of my favorite designs in uh, in mm-hmm. video games. And uh, I've never felt really compelled to do it. Yeah, it's well, it's it does have it does very little to do with cactors. Yeah, I know. You know, yeah, it's like cute, but like yeah, it doesn't really do very much. Um, cactors always look so surprised. I love it. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> they're a great little toy. Um, the uh, this is this is to get the celestial weapons. Yeah. So that that's what that quest was. But this is an overarching kind of like umbrella of quest to give everyone their uh, ultimate weapons, which have really cool. Uh, they start out bad, and then they get uh, with something like negative to teach you. There's something more to them. They start with no AP. Mm-hmm. Like you don't actually gain levels from them. Um, but if you upgrade them, um, you get, uh, you can break the damage cap for all of them. They correspond to a Aeon, mm-hmm. uh, other than Rico's. So when you have them, they make an, an Aeon break the damage cap. Um, and then they have other things that are roughly correspond to your characters. Like the most powerful ones are like Lulu gets, um, you know, all spells are one MP, yeah. which is really good. Um, Waka gets like a bait encounter, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're really great and they're game breakers. You just have to engage with a lot of grindy, uh, or just kind of excessive systems to, to do yeah. all of them. You know, there's, you have to like master the chocobo racing, uh, to do it, uh, like get, get less than zero. Uh, yeah, everybody's on the time, everybody's second favorite Brad Easton Ellis novel. Um, or Elvis Costello song. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, and the, when less than zero, so that's like chocobo races or kind of trials you do. And if you get certain things, you'll get a, a more time to complete them. Mm-hmm. So you have to complete it in the time you have, plus get enough doodads to reduce your time to less than zero. Yeah. Um, yes. And I found out the hard way. You can't get exactly zero. Um, yeah, that happened to me count. this weekend. If you get exactly zero, it does not count. Oh, no. Miserable. Miserable because so. moving chocobos in this feels so bad. <laughs> like it is, it's really, really not fun. Well, like there, there do. are two modes. There's the steering chocobos as they run wildly from side to side. And then there's the, uh, um, kind of like trying to steer them with a the four direction. Yep. Can I deal? Yeah. Yeah. Nasty, nasty stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is also where dodging 200, uh, lightning strikes comes in. It's where catching all the butterflies in Macalania forest comes in. That butterfly one is worth camping out on. That sucks. I don't <laughs> want to spend very much time on it, but it sucks. Yeah. It's bad. You have like, there's a, you have to go just hit the blue butterflies and not the red butterflies. Mm-hmm. And if you hit the red, but like you have to get that in a certain time and it's just so tight again, all of these things being so extreme. Um, because if you hit a red butterfly, you don't just go into a battle you go into this animation that will like, you cannot afford to do it. Yeah. Like if you do, it's like, I did one of the, and you can't afford to make any mistakes. You just have to memorize this route and do it or have a guide. Yeah. Like it's extremely bad as a mini game. Yeah. Rough it's, stuff. It's a bit much. And a lot of them are like that. There's stuff with the monster. Yeah. Well, uh, the, yeah, the, the, the monster arena, which I guess we can talk about now. I have it listed later, but this is kind of the Pokemon thing. You get special weapons uh, when you kill enemies in particular areas they're captured and capturing either all of the um, 
enemies from a particular area or capturing like enough of a certain type of enemy like from around the map so like all of the palette swaps yeah yeah the palette swaps so like every flying eye enemy will let you create or spawn a bonus boss kind of based on yep. those and like i like the bonus bosses yeah and i did i did all of that when i was uh -huh. young same i did the entire monster arena but i only remember fighting the bosses i don't remember grinding up the encounters even though i know i did it yeah so and that's the bum part like the bummer part to me like i like hard bosses yeah the like the thing the thing about this so this happens so late in the game that like a lot of the uh, low-hanging fruit advantages that you get off of this um are easy to do because you're overpowered even with these kind of basic weapons um mm -hmm. so like you know to get um oh the the items that you need to do the trio of 9999 trick, um, you just mm -hmm. have to like capture one enemy from six different areas or like yeah. all of the, all of the, uh, Bevel monsters. So like it does go a little bit quick, but it is an awful lot of like, if you are looking for the one last one, the, the one last monster, guess which monster will never spawn. Yeah. 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 And it's, uh, it depends on what you're trying to do too, because certain areas have much harder rates yeah. for them. So a couple of them are easy to get. Some of them are harder. Um, and some of these bo these bonus bosses actually scale up pretty fast mm -hmm. to be something you're going to want to do do with more end game stuff. Like you're going to want to go do other stuff to do at first. But it just feels it's like a time sink. Like if you want this to be more time, yeah, you can. Yeah. So the, what what can be said positive about it? And this is kind of a meta game thing. If you just have a fact, or if you look at a guide, you know, if you understand what you're trying to accomplish with the things that you get out of it, you can just look up the steps that you need to get that, and then not engage with the system anymore. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You can, you can, you can beeline it. Yeah. Um, um, which it's still, then it still ends up being a real time tax though. Yeah. You know, it's still hard to call it good content. Like it can be worth doing because oh, I'm, not calling it good I'm not calling it good yeah. content. <laughs> yeah. It just, it just ends up being a thing where like pretty, pretty bad content that you, you just are trying to get past as soon as possible, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. Yeah. My recommendation for, anybody that wants to try any of this stuff is like you guys said, getting the Aeons. And then if you get everybody's secret weapon and then you get, cause I don't think we touched on this, but you have to get the weapon, you have to get a crest and then you have to get a sigil. And if you get the weapon and the crest that in itself will help break the uh, Aeon um, mm. damage limit. Mm. So yep. you don't need to power it up the second time to, for them, for any, for your Aeons to break the damage limit. Oh dang. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's always the, yeah, I, the, the second one that's the that's the bear to get. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And getting those damage limits, like that's how I ended up cheesing a lot of this end game where I was a little bit I didn't the trio of nine 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 thing I didn't do as much as I just worked my anima into a overdrive state. Mm -hmm. And uh I must have picked up uh, the things to make anima do that because I was doing a lot of damage with anima. Yeah. The um there's also an interface thing to the celestial weapons where whenever you do this, you have to go back to a very specific place. Like we've unlocked fast travel at this point, but the fast travel is not um, like you do. There's just like an interface, like walking to the, the, the thing that the weird bird God thing that's outside the fountain that gives you the, yeah, yeah. the ultimate weapon thing. Um, that's, I mean, most of them are tied into things. You've those other things that we've done. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, a bunch of the monster arena. Um, the cool ones, the good ones are getting the extra, the bonus summons. Yes. So there's the cavern of stolen faith. This is by the, uh, entrance to Mount Gagazette and it's just a bonus dungeon. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. And you get to the end of this and you can get, uh, Yojimbo, Leon, who's very cool. He's like a gigantic samurai mm -hmm. with a pupper. <laughs> yep. 
And uh, you had to bargain with them to put them on retainer even in the first place. Like you pay mm-hmm. him per hour, but also a retainer fee. Yeah. Um, and that determines his starting affinity with you. Yep. And his um, the way that his uh, chances work. So you tell like he says, why do you want me to come here? And you can be like to complete the pilgrimage to uh, to do something or to defeat the strongest foes. And that will choose what his chances are of doing his ultimate attack. Yeah. Which will kill uh, on anything in one Yep. Even bosses. Yeah. So pretty amazing. And that is a way to cheese like any boss you can't get through in this too. You can just keep trying this. Dark veil for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, yep. So you get through that. Um, the uh, getting the anima thing is through getting those destruction orbs in all those temples. Right. And going back to the first temple in the game where Titus was, uh, where the <laughs> Albed was, that was a, a temple. Yeah. Um, and if you've done all the destruction orbs, you can get through this and get, uh, you do a boss fight and afterwards you get anima, which is the big BDSM mom. Yeah. Incredibly powerful, kind of a linchpin of a lot of, uh, of, of a lot of strategies. Oh yeah. That's what got me through the end of the game. Yeah. I like, could, I couldn't get her because of the dark aeons. So mm. yay. I didn't realize that was the thing. <laughs> Yeah, I just it, so that's when you said like to get the so if you get the destruction, you don't have to fight dark aeons to get her, but you do have to do the destruction orb on the way back because mm-hmm. if you go back to any of the temples, there are dark aeons there. Specifically, the first one, like I think that it's that one or Macalania, you you might have to fight dark Shiva. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was a real bummer for me realizing that like yeah. I locked myself because like Dark Veil Four has eight hundred thousand HP and mm-hmm. um all, a real reasonable number of hp yeah um and i think that that is just about what every single end boss if you added up all their hp that's about what it would be yeah, all of them because like the end boss i think it's like a hundred thousand yeah something like that is like, most of them so like almost every single boss in the game yeah and that's the first one that's the easiest one yeah <laughs> so so yeah. uh, when you have anima and your jimbo you can go and get your last uh, uh aeon by going to remium temple this is where um Belligard, I, I, I forget her name yeah the summoner we've been dueling yeah belgamine you're close you're belgamine, right there yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh this is where she's posted up uh it turns out she's she's unsent i think is the case yeah yeah. yeah, you send her at the end of this. Yeah, uh, but you do kind of a progressive uh, summoner duel, fighting all of her aeons in turn. Um, and if you get all of them, then you get the Magus sisters. Who are amazing and just like a call out to to me because I love Final Fantasy IV. Same. You know, so it just felt really cool. And they work in a really interesting way. Like you don't control them directly. You just suggest what you want them to do. Yeah. We, we mentioned that earlier, but they're very powerful as well. Yeah. Um, so between them and Anima, that's what I did for the end game pretty much. Um, there is a, a standard Final Fantasy style ultimate weapon kind of optional thing mm-hmm. um, in the Omega Ruins. Um, you fight Omega and the ultimate weapon. One of them is like a shadow of the other one. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's like two pallet swaps and one's a yeah. little bit tougher. Yeah. But big, big, big HP, big attack numbers. You have to prepare especially for it. I'm fine with yep. that. What? Uh, where is Penance? I didn't do any of that. Yeah. Explain Penance to me. So Penance <laughs> is after you beat all of the dark aeons um and so just to do that uh, you have to spend quite a bit of time grinding through um all of the monster arena and you kill all of them the tricky one is that you have to kill uh, dark yojibo five times in a row without saving (laughs) oh cool (laughs) what once i read that i kind of said okay i think i'm gonna give up on this because i i I just the fact that you have to beat him five times in a row and you can't um save uh if you load the game resets it to back to zero for the count um 
once you beat all of the Dark Aeons, um, Penance shows up. Uh, he comes out of the um, that giant gorge at the end of the Calmlands. Okay. He comes up out of there, and uh, he basically looks like um, he kind of looks like the Slave One from uh, from Star Wars, but if it had arms. Okay. <laughs> cool. And the arms each have 600,000 um, HP, and you can kill them, but after a set amount of turns, the, uh, the arms regenerate. Mm-hmm. But the main body of Penance has 12 million HP. Oh. So okay. this is this is a battle <laughs> that even the best of them out there, it takes about um, it takes about an hour uh, to to beat the to beat Penance. I want to die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything you're saying is progressively making me want to die more and more. <laughs> the um, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm super, super, super and, good, actually. Yeah, I, I recently watched a video of it and it was just it was ridiculous. I mean, I guess the arms, the key is you can't have the arms there, um, both arms out at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly having to dish out 600,000 damage on the arms. <laughs> And then once the arms are both gone for a couple of turns, you go in for a hundred thousand, uh, you know, plinks at a time into the main body. So yeah, it takes Unless a while you, to get twelve million damage. According to Google, you can use the Yojimbo thing, so you can luck out on it. Yeah, you know, and just give it all your money and hope. <laughs> so 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 you can win the fight by not doing the fight. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I don't want to do that fucking fight. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess I could just also just not do it. You can do yeah. the cheat code that allows you to get past anything in a video game yeah. and look it up on YouTube. But, I do believe that the uh, the chances, I know that the chances of him using his one-hit kill uh, on the Dark Aeons are lowered, and I believe they're significantly lowered against Penance. Yeah. So you could potentially do it, but it might take a while. Um, and to try to get uh, one-hit kills on Dark Yojimbo five times in a row, I think that'd be pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm good. Like this is, this is really where they, they lost their minds with this stuff. Cause in nine, it wasn't like this. Yeah. All you had you was know, Ozma. Like, yeah. Yeah. You have one, what like seven, eight, nine have one super boss. Yeah. And now they have lost their minds and yeah. didn't have this end game grind stuff either. That's new to this entry in the series. Yeah. You know? Well, there's um, not really a story attached to him. It's not like, you know, you beat the Dark Aeons, he comes up from the Calmlands. There's not really any story. It just becomes a new location on the map mm, that you can mm-hmm. go to. Um, and then once you beat him, there's not like a story that comes out of beating him either. It yeah, did, like he's he's not anything. Do they do anything with those apostate summoners who summon the Dark Aeons? Is there a story behind them or is it just, yeah, they're nuts? They're nuts. They just disappear after you kill the Dark Aeons. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so there's not, not, not a lot super of good design yeah no. yeah well that's a bummer i don't feel bad like i mean i wasn't going to feel bad not doing it but like i definitely don't feel bad doing it mm-hmm. not doing it now um but that's pretty much what it is that's going to be for a certain type of person and like that person's not me but if you just have an unlimited appetite for this and want to grind up to that i do not judge you nope that's a, that's a okay this can be your eternal game um instead of doing that we're going to actually fight sin We're going to go to this gigantic progressive boss that becomes a dungeon that becomes a boss again. Yep. And um, we, we did, we skipped it kind of, but when we go talk to, to Mika, 
uh, Mika dies, but we talk to his little servant, his granddaughter, and tell her to go tell everyone in the world to sing the hymn. When they hear the hymn, sing the hymn. Right. Hear something, say something. Yeah. Um, so the people all begin to sing the hymn as we approach. And we fight uh, two two fins, sin fins, mm-hmm. um, which are individual kind of boss fights. Yeah. Uh, this articulates a little bit like the Avery fight, um, mm-hmm. where you can get in closer, uh, go back uh, far away. They're a little bit less uh, capable in that, you know, they're just fins. What are they going to do? Like, sometimes they swipe you when you're close. Uh, but what you're trying yep. to do is immobilize sin. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, and you, uh, after you take out both those fins, um, sin crashes. Or you, you fight Janace. You fight sin Janace. But at some point, sin crashes into a city. <laughs> no, he crashes right into Be- into Bevel. Yeah, take um, that, Bevel. Yeah. And then you, like, go and you climb onto its head and you fight the Sin core. Not the core, it's just a, a skin tag. Um, yeah. And also Sin spawn Janace. Uh, so for the second boss fight here, um, mm-hmm. Janace protects the core for magical damage, but this is kind of a walk. Yeah. Yep. It's because we're doing a bunch of bosses in a row, so none of them are going to be very climactic. Yeah. Um, eventually, you, you approach its head mouth at ramming speed. Um, <laughs> yep. And you have to do a bunch of damage to it, or else it will do this... Uh, this attack that we saw it do when it approached when you approached it, yeah. which is one of the cooler cutscenes in the game. It shoots out this like gravity beam out of its mouth that just cuts through everything. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really striking. It's like the a swath through the water. It's like a perfectly cylindrical swath through the water and the water doesn't realize that yeah. uh, it needs to fall, which yep. is, you know, kind of goofy, but stylistically sweet. Yep. It's a wily Kayagua <laughs> and does, does not know. Don't laugh at that. That's so good. Why did I just <laughs> wily Cuyahoga catches fire? Yeah, um, the, um, yeah it's a, but it, it so he's going to do that to you again if you don't kill him in 15 turns. Yes. He has 140,000 HP, which means you have to do about, you know, quad nines every time. Yep. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> and it's did pretty- either of you guys stick around long enough to watch the, uh, to watch what that final move is. Oh, of course. <laughs> I didn't stick around. I watched on YouTube. It, okay. I wasn't with, with, with no, with no, uh, skipping cutscenes. I'm not fucking around, uh, with anything in this now. Cause yeah. I need to be able to skip cutscenes. I watched it online. Mm-hmm. It's cool looking. It's pretty good. I, I like that as an instant fail condition. Cause like, how else are you going to get up there? Yeah. 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 So, um, this lets us fly in through sin's mouth. Um, and sin, uh, has a pocket dimension inside his guts. Like you fly yeah. in and things get like dreamy weeny um, yeah. and psychedelic. Yep. Um, and inside it's our buddy Seymour. Yeah. Uh, Af- Seymour. After <laughs> like a, a, a weird, like you're running along the sea along these glyphs. Like there's, there's a dungeon here. Yeah. And, and We're kind of skipping it. It's, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's all the toughest monsters. Yeah. You know, pretty much it's, it's an end game final fantasy dungeon. Right. You know, but I was running away from a lot of stuff in this too. Same. Like I just, I was ready for it to be done and it was really hard. I want to maintain my resources. Yeah. I fought stuff to, I fought stuff to recharge my overdrives. And that yeah. Was, yeah. Same, 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 same. But yeah, Seymour's here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, he says he's going to drive Seymour. So he's, he's going to drive go, Sin. Yeah. Or drive Sin. He's already been driving Seymour and mm-hmm. now he's going to upgrade. Uh, and you fight him as a uh, Seymour Omnis, which is this big shiny angel with four weird wheels around him that have like a goofy mechanic where you can rotate them through attacks. Mm-hmm. Like he becomes a slot, like a weird, he becomes a machina. <laughs> yeah. He can, bit. he becomes a play mobile play place. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it determines what, uh, what element he's going to cast. 
Um, yes. And which is a pretty big deal also because like which element will heal him. Yes. Um, yep. And lest you get cocky, he does a dispel after every five actions. So all of your buffs are temporary. But at this point, like this guy is not too bad. Yeah. At this point. Um... Uh, and this is where you get the good Seymour music. Um, and after you down him, you finally send him. Yes. Thank fucking God. <laughs> Damn it, Yuna. Why not before? Dance faster. It's the yeah. can-can. Come on. <laughs> yep. Um, so after this, we go through these areas have names, too, that are very like, this is a little bit where, the, again, the cosmology loses me a little bit because we're like Tower of the Damned, City of the Dead. Yeah. Like, they all sound like they're the names of um, Resident Evil novelizations. <laughs> and... Uh, like, I just I have this feeling where it's like you, you're you losing me a little bit with getting just dreamy weemy and that papering over concrete meaning, mm -hmm. you know, um, because as you're venturing through this, the dead city and the Tower of Doom, uh, you get to this like swirling vortex of shards. And we eventually find jacked. Uh, he's in a ruined stadium and he's just jacked. Yeah. You know, he's not he's not super jacked yet. I never thought I'd see you again. You, you, yeah. you, you grew up, but you're all bones, just like just constantly. Yeah, constant child abuse. Yeah, just just, you know? just just constantly giving him, uh, giving the business. Uh, it's refreshing because Titus is like, you know, like they're they're awkward for a little bit, and then finally he says, "Dad, I hate you." Yeah, <laughs> like you expect reconciliation, but no, Titus has no reason not to hate his dad. <laughs> well, like it, he has no reason not to, but Jack still being a dick here rubs me the wrong way because, yeah. like, the, the idea was Jack was an alcoholic. He went to this other world. He found meaning. He gave up the drink and decided to like try to give life give his meaning, you know, his life meaning. Mm -hmm. And he sent Oron to go take care of his son. Like he showed real care for Titus. Mm -hmm. And then when he shows up, he's like, you dumb piece of shit. Yeah. And then after you know, this, like, boys him, you know, <laughs> and, and then after this, when, uh, you know, to, like before, before they say goodbye, like they do the same thing, but like the, the shots and the delivery make it seem like they, this is the only way they know how to interact, but they have an understanding of each other as Jekt is about to die. It's just yeah. not sold in the in the text, right? Yeah. Yep. I think that is what they're going for. Yeah. But it's just weird. I just wish Titus had been like, you know, Dad, I hate you. And this could have been like the cats in the cradle moment mm -hmm. where Jekt well, shows a little contrition. Well, no. Instead, Jack Han solos him when he says, I hate you. He just says, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I got, who went? You know? <laughs> so, and and Jack is all swagger. Like, I'm not expecting that not to come through at all because yeah. like. But I wish that he had been repentant. But when he says, like, he says, like, hey, I'm going to turn into this, this Aeon, I won't be able to control myself Yeah. Uh, when I'm Sin. And then this being the version of him that's the worst per part of himself, I like just fine. Yes. You know, uh, when he turns into a weird heavy metal giant. He, he turns into a heavy metal Yeti um, <laughs> that floats. Yeti metal. <laughs> Yeti metal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, when we say heavy metal, this is kind of a famous song because like it is crunchy guitars and it has English lyrics.
you dear what Ollie. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a little silly. I yeah. don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, it's like kind of funny, but yeah. also like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about those lyric, lyric songs in, yeah. in video games. I mean, I mean, outside of Metal Gear Revengeance, but yeah, yeah, Revengeance is the good one. <laughs> Metal Gear Three is not. Yeah, uh, this fight is hard. It is really, really hard. What's well, the end boss? Yeah, like the the fights that come after this are cutscenes, right? Like uh, this is the end boss. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard, and it's because he brought some pagodas with him. <laughs> like, you know, just because just because Braska brought home, came home pierogies means that it's tough stuff. You know. Yep. Um, uh, we us talk about how this works. So he's got these yeah. two options around him. They're these big rotating towers that are called U pagodas, and they will kind of like charge him up intermittently. Uh, mm-hmm. They uh, like the way that they revive. It works kind of strange. So they initially have 4,000 HP. When you take them down, they come back with however much HP you you sunk into them to kill them. So like if you do yeah, to survive yeah. any attack. Yeah. 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 So, so if you hit it with quad nines, they'll come back with 10,000. Yeah. So you have to do quad nines plus one next time and et cetera. Yeah. So there's like this escalation uh, you want to try to manage yeah. with them. Um, and you want to take them down because they will just periodically heal him. For not that much, like 1,500, but also fill up his overdrive, which is a big public UI meter. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real singy UI um, right there in the middle of the screen. Yeah. Um, and you do not want him to get his overdrive. No. Um, they're not so bad at first, but they get worse as they go. Yeah. So um, in the second phase. And he's phase, a multi-phase fight. Yeah. So he's got a first phase that doesn't have very much HP. The second phase has quite a bit. His first overdrive will just turn one person into a zombie. His second phase will do a total party wipe if you're not like explicitly prepared for it. Yeah. And uh, you have the ability, Titus can talk to him and kind of taunt him and reset his overdrive meter. Yeah. And you can only do this twice. Um, it reminds me of um, Father Gascoigne, like mm. playing the uh, the music box. Good, good pull. And um, but you don't want to do it right away. Right. You want to do it during the second phase. Yeah. What did, what did you think of this, Matt? What are your experiences with uh, Yeti Metal? See, and this is where <laughs> Yeti Metal. Um, <laughs> this is where I kind of sucked the fun out of the game for myself, because when you have the MAGA sisters and you have Anima, this battle becomes very easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're Especially super if you have their overdrives this. up. Yep, I came in this with with Anima Overdrive, and you almost one shot it uh, if you got the things, and I didn't quite. So I ended up actually doing this twice to like see more of it. No, yeah. to see more of it. Hmm. And for me, yeah. like I I did the trio of nine uh, trio of quad nines, um, and getting that to fire is kind of weird because when you go into this fight, you do like it, it picks your party for you. It, it's the most story relevant. So it's Orin, Titus, and Yuna. So you can't actually like set yourself up to have like Riku and whoever you want to have do those multiple shots. Uh, getting getting it arranged is like just enough time for him to mess you up. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Yeah, um, appropriately tough fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I think, and it's you know it's it's again it bucks that trend of like this is an antagonist from the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. It's still the antagonist at the end. Yeah, you know that that's pretty great. Yeah. Um, when you kill him, he falls over. He's dying, and he berates you for crying. He's like, "You're probably gonna cry now, <laughs> aren't you, you big baby?" Because I have learned nothing. Yeah. Um, and uh, they can't send him. There's no time. Uh, he explodes into pyroflies, and the faith said they actually given us this, this hint before. They said, "Hey, call the aeons." Right. And uh, for when you Yevon shows up. Yes. And you Evan, you Evan is an orb. Yeah, he's an he's an orb with a cuttlefish inside. 
But yep. before we go on, I don't, I don't want to hold us too long. When we talked about good voice performances at the beginning of the game, um, mm-hmm. Jack is one of them. It's one that I forgot. I, yeah. I, I think that Jack and then late game Titus end up kind of coming into their own in a really good way that sells this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, I agree. I don't, that's the thing that's so frustrating about Titus up until this point is like, he's not like an unskilled voice actor, but the fact that he's sitting in a room and just has a little note that's like, energy dumbass yeah uh makes it you know really kind of come across where he has to say everything like a declarative statement of a surfer dude yeah you know when he's not he's capable of doing something with a little bit more like nuance yeah but you know? but 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 jack has shown like growth through all this and there's a lot of like pathos and gravity to uh you know even his performance when he is falling back into his old patterns of bullying yeah. his son yeah. um i still i still think it would be stronger if that was not how he went out yes you know but um but you know so the orb descends and this starts uh a little bit of a uh like a hopscotch kind of thing or a leapfrog so we're we're fighting on jack's gigantic sword you yevin will try to um infest any aeon that's around um mm-hmm. and so you get to choose which aeon do you bring forward um and you yevin possesses it and you have to kill that aeon yeah and this could be great this could be like saying goodbye to your Pokemon, except mm-hmm. for like, so you can't die. Yeah. You have auto um, life. You have auto life and they just, they hit long enough to kill you or they always kill you. So you have to just watch a lot of reanimation animations yeah. with, with the weird little bug angel that shows up. The, a tiny little bug angel. And you just have to do this for every Aeon yeah. you have. And that just, it just takes forever. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing is just like a cutscene about saying goodbye to your Aeons. But since they decided to do it through the battle mechanics, yeah. you know, it takes 15 minutes. It's pretty, it's, yeah. it's pretty long. Um, and it's really the, long. The fight, the fight with you, you, you have in itself is, is, is tough. Even if you use reflect as well, not tough, but it lasts for a long time. It lasts for a long time. Cause you still have auto life. Yeah. Like you can't die during it. Like it is, it is an auto win. It's Kirby's air ride. Yeah. The, um, uh, and before you it, correct us, we, we know you can die if you stone everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But it's very, very difficult to die. And I'm not saying I wanted additional challenge, but I think that like, you know, um, this should have been like a, um, like the, like the, like King a lot, like real King a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where it's like, it's, it's through the language of the battle system, but should have just gone quicker and been more of a formality instead of it's like two teams didn't know what they were doing almost yeah. or didn't know what the other one was doing. Like they designed it like a boss fight. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it this way. We are saying that a thing that was done in gameplay should have been done in cutscene. Yeah. Yeah. Consider <laughs> that. I never say that shit. And one you or can't just, skip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you still can't skip it even if it's gameplay. Yeah. There's no skipping past this and it just, it's so slow. Yeah. So th- like, as far as mechanically, like I like the Braska final Yeti fight, but mm-hmm. I think these last two fights after it sucked a lot of goodwill out of this for me. Yeah. It just, it just sucks momentum, especially because we, you know, we're like we're, we've gotten and we are going to get emotional payoffs. It feels like weird, um, just empty space in between, yep. even though I do like the design of you, Yevon and the concept, uh, of yeah. saying goodbye to your, uh, you know, to, to your aeons who are sacrificing themselves, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, eventually you, you, Yevon has nowhere left to go. So he manifests as this, you know, uh, kind of space parasite, this bug in between the two pagodas and you have to, um, destroy it as it, you know, heals itself. The trick is cast reflect on it. So it can't heal itself very quickly. Yep. Yeah. Which is also, as far as like combat tricks in this game, like not a particularly advanced one, right. You know, um, how good would it have been if just you Yevon just died in a hit? Like you Yevon was like a real king a lot, just like flopped around on the ground, mm-hmm. having it like doesn't have an Aeon. Yeah. You know? Good, um yeah. I think it would have been a lot stronger. Um you kill it, and then we're in the ending. 
Yeah. Um, Matt, did you have any thoughts about the about those two final cutscene fights? The you guys kind of hit it. I didn't see any added value of why you had auto life for the last fight. It never made you feel like you had any stakes once you got through um, fight eject. You you never had anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, which is inherently not a problem. I think it's just the fact that the boss fights are kind of designedy. You know, they've got design that went into them that is just like falling. You know, there's there's nothing there for it. Yeah, the yeah. only thing I did a little bit differently in the final battle was I used Oron to uh, hit um, Yu Yevin with Zombie Strike, so that whenever mm. he was getting healed, the nine 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 nine, instead he was getting damaged. That's the only thing I did different aside from Reflect. That, that's a smart way to do it too. Yeah, that's pretty rad. And that that, that could have been actually because with all the stuff they done with Zombie. That could have been a good way to be, you know, if they took away outer life and that was actually the trick, mm. you know, like if he dispelled reflect automatically, but didn't, res- re- didn't dispel zombie, yeah. you know, or something like that. Like that would have been a cool trick and kind of an end to the zombie suite mm-hmm. of, uh, of boss fights. You know, here's, here's a way by giving the enemy this, here's a thing you can do, you know? Yeah. Um, so ev- everyone gets the memo. Everyone knows sin is dead. So we cut to people in Besaid. Um, they're all uh, celebrating, but we know there's a sad thing coming, and we see this, uh, the faith around the world are kind of deactivating. Losing their color, losing their fireflies around them, like, no more aeons. Mm-hmm. Um, Yuna, you know, she's doing this kind of dance to, I, th- I think, it's not explained, but I think she is trying to send all the bodies that make up Sin. Or everybody that yeah. is uh, that it's absorbed, or I thought it was the people that Sin crushed when Sin landed on the city. <laughs> Probably, no joke. I was joking. That's why I thought she was yeah. sending. No, yeah, it also makes sense. Um, yeah. And Oron, you know, he he begins to fade, like his pyreflies start to go. Um, and you know, this this kind of hit me. Like he says, "No, continue. Like I'm done. I've I've done. Yeah. I've I've fulfilled the dying wish of my friend. Um, I became the most badass, and uh, it's t- it's time for me to make, to make my exit." And as she does yeah. this, he dissolves all the aeons dissolve in the sky. Like it's, it's a big, it's a big scene. Yeah. Yeah. Big scene. And it ends with the scene, which I like was one of my big takeaways from this when I was younger. So mm-hmm. it shows them on the bridge and Titus is like, starts saying like, Hey, I have to go, you yeah. know, I'm going to go. And Yuna can't accept this. Um, you know, she, she's not accepting. She's crying. She's very upset. She runs to go grab him and she falls right through him. Yeah. Um, hey, Mr. Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Yeah. Um, and this, like, as a kid, like this, like a kid, as a 20 year one year old man, this, this gutted me. Like this was really, really rough. Like I thought this was, you know, yeah, as sad as it gets. It, it's pretty, you know? it's pretty rough. Like she, it's good. she like, Yuna finally decides to show some emotion and it lands. Yeah. It's, it's a really like, it's again, I have some problems with the execution, but this mm-hmm. was, it's like, they worked from the end backwards yeah. and didn't, but this as an ending, like for this relationship is really good. Yeah. You know, just like really, really like touching and sad. Mm-hmm. And when he you comes know? and wraps his arms around her, I know you guys both yeah. teared up. <laughs> I mean, it's sad. I, I got it's goosebumps. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I, I got, I got goosebumps in my, in my throat caught, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's it's very sad. Like, mm-hmm. and it's it's a weird thing where it's just such a powerful image that it doesn't really matter so much whether you know the usually it matters to me a lot whether I buy a relationship. Yeah, and these characters, like I've just spent so much time with them that even if I feel like the characterization has not been very efficient, 
it just in aggregate, like it's got me, Yeah, you know, like it's just little bits over a very long time mm-hmm. made it kind of work. And then after, so this is very sad. And then when Titus jumps off the airship and he falls through uh, his people and he gives his dad a high five, like I also like that moment a lot. Mm-hmm. And again, I wish his dad hadn't been abusive yeah. at that point, but he did the plan that his dad came up with and they teamed up to do it. That's a real great emotional gut punch that I just wish was a little bit handled a little bit differently in the run up, yeah. you know, but it's a great little moment. Mm-hmm. And I think we skipped over it, but Yuna in this moment, she does tell Titus that she loves him. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, and Titus can't say it back at that point. He doesn't say it back. He just holds her and everything. But we don't right. know if he can still talk because Mr. Stark doesn't feel so good. No. Um, so like that would like then we get our credits and then we get Yuna stating the theme of the game to a stadium. Right. Right. You know, she's she, she's whistling at the sea like, you know, it's a callback to before when you know Titus said, hey, if we ever get separated, just whistle and I'll come. Um, well, that, yeah, that's before she does the uh, so she tries to whistle to him. He doesn't come. And then right. she comes and says, you know. Um, we have to make meaning of life as it is. Yep. Um, we have to remember everyone we lost along the way. Yes. Um, um, then we get credits and we see Titus underwater in a fetal position and he swims toward the camera. Boom. FF 10 logo. Boom. Yep. Beginning of the game again. No, that last yep. part's untrue. Again, the, uh, I don't like that. I don't like that. There's a post-credit sequence. I think yeah. a game about letting go, like you have to let go. Yeah. And then they doubled down on it in the sequel and it really bums me out. Like Yuna should not be reunited with her lost love. No. That's a terrible way for this to end. Yeah. Um, you know, and just having him around, like having that possibility space open is just like cowardly. Yeah. You know? Uh so and then Final Fantasy ten two, if you in a little side thing, you can run into one of those faiths, and the faith says, you know, would you like to see Titus again? If you say yes, at the end of the game, the good ending is Titus washes up on the beach. Uh, you show up in an air airship with your girl power gang. Um, you hug him and everything. And then uh, Waka and Lulu show up with their new baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it, you live happily ever after because sacrificing or moving on is not what you should be doing. Yeah. You should go on a weird adventure to get all the things you miss back. Yeah. The land of dead pets. Just good. <laughs> Final Fantasy X3. Yeah. Um, the Final Fantasy X2 subtitle cling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> click do cling <laughs> um so that's i don't really blame final fantasy 10 for that i do think that post credits stinger is really misguided yeah but yeah and that's final fantasy 10 yeah um final thoughts matt what do you think yeah. um uh, great game i think that you nailed it i think when you said that you know the reason that it kind of tugs at your heartstrings and you catch a case of the feels towards the end of the game all deals with the fact that it's such a long game and it is a long journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so seeing that it doesn't end up happy at the end, I, I like that. That's not how it ends. I like that. It's not a happy ending. And that is the thing I, I think is why I can't go back to 10 two is I don't like that. They undo all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a bummer. Like it, is, it ends up being like, the emotional beat, this ended up being something where like when I first started replaying it, like I was pretty cranky about it because I do not like the pacing of this. And I don't really like Titus as a character for most of the time you spend with him. I really dislike him. And then at the end of the game, like I kind of came around a little bit more on it. And I think that like the, the big things that are worth taking away from it other than mechanical are those big emotional beats, which are just kind of very strong, even in a vacuum. Yeah. And could have been 
you know, a rank, like could have been S tier as far as like an emotional or a thematic core to this. And they didn't quite get it, but it is a big swing. And some of those individual moments are things that like, you know, when I was, when I was a 21 year old kid, I had that moment of like seeing, you know, run through them and just being like kind of gutted. And even as an adult, the fact that it still even hits me as a double adult mm-hmm. now that I'm almost, you know, now that I'm more 21 years old, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's just still very like powerful, mm-hmm. you know? So there's like things to recommend it. It does feel very transitional to me. And some of that theme stuff I really do wish was a little bit better handled. Yeah. more, more strongly uh, conveyed. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll use my wrap up thoughts just to heap more praise on the mechanics of this, like the battle system and the progression system. Um, they're great. I, th- I think that it is probably, you know, up there in you know, the, 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 the top quartile, let's say, um, and mm. it's incredibly satisfying to learn and to figure out and to, and to uh, break. And even, you know, like, like what needs to be said, we talked a lot about how, you know, how much of a bummer it is that like ultimate weapons and stuff take so much grinding and engaging with bad, <laughs> bad mini games and sticking with these systems for way longer than they should have way longer than they can sustain their welcome. Even the JV level breaking that you can do with it to, you know, get around problems, brute force through them or think, you know, uh, uh, think around the corners of them. It's very satisfying in a way that I think um, speaks to its credit, um, and I'm so happy that I revisited it just so I could appreciate the CTB system. Uh, like the, like the, there there is a progression. There there is a world in which other Final Fantasies after this took after it and learned how satisfying that kind of planning is. You know, and I love Final Fantasy 12. That was the next step that kind of led to them doing a bunch of like weird real time stuff. Um, that is not as satisfying to me as, um, this level of like tactical planning. They moved in the other direction in a weird way, like making it real time and kind of moving it closer to an MMO. This is mm-hmm. a very, um, like the, the battle system moves very fluid and has very snappy animations, mm-hmm. but by moving to purely turn-based, it is a lot stodgier yeah. than even ATB yeah. kind of games, you know, and, um, they just reversed course mm-hmm. on it completely. Like by moving to something closer to like an MMO. And that's a yeah. one of the things about Final Fantasy. And I think about this a lot with the job system, right? Like, um, is that it's the the series that where they do, um, they try new things every entry. And that is something like kind of to be lauded, but is more of a mixed bag than I think people will often accept. Yeah. Because like, you know, like there's not, there are step, a bunch of steps backwards mm-hmm. that happen in it. And yeah. sometimes it's an exploratory step backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes it's not exploratory. Yeah. Sometimes it is a step backwards towards safety. Um, you know, if you look at the the, the progression from, um, you know, the progression from nine to ten, mm-hmm. like interesting, good. Yeah. You know, innovative. The progression from five to six, mm-hmm. not so much actually. Like, yeah, yeah. big step back. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you end up with a series that has an that lacks an, a mechanical identity. And does not double down or cash in on its successes. Yeah. You know, and it can be very frustrating, actually. Like one of the biggest problems I have, and this is we we differ on this, but I I like the sphere grid so much more than the license board. The license board drives me nuts. Yeah. The, the um, license board like doesn't drive me nuts, back. but I would never I would never say it's better than the sphere grid. <laughs> like it just feels like a big step back yeah. to me. You know, and like uh it's just it's just weird. I wish that they would know when they were stumbled upon a success, you know, you know, and capitalize and kind of, you know, evolve on that a little bit. 
so it's it's kind of weird, right? Because most of the people that I talk to about Final Fantasy are people like us who have a lot of um, you know, affection for the earlier games in the series and, you know, feel alienated by 13 and, you know, 15 and to a certain extent, 12, right? Um, mm. I, I came around on 12, but initially it was a little, it was a little bit sour. I, like, I wonder how much that is actually the case for the majority of people who play those newer ones. Like to me, it seems like, you know, I'm, I'm the weirdo or a weirdo who prefers like, who really, really loves pre resident evil Four resident evils. Right. It feels, mm. it feels weirdly like a, like they made a shift in that way. Um, that just didn't work out as successfully as RE4 did. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. There's an interesting because they're both straddling that same console generation. Yeah, you know, to to kind of move things. And Resident Evil Four created a genre. Yeah, when it did that, and Final Fantasy Ten or Twelve did not. Yeah, you know, so they kind of kept searching, like, and in ways that are increasingly uninteresting to me. Yeah, as a thing, and part of that's also, I mean, that ties in. It's not just the those systems; it's also aesthetics and stuff too. Yeah. Like they just let Nomura take the wheel and made everyone look like a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and that was, uh, that was a mistake in my, my opinion, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting series and this is a pivotal moment and it's worth like being a fan of that series at all. This is an interesting game to look at, Yeah, you know, for that. So yeah, yeah. Matt, we can't thank you enough. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. No. Thanks guys. Yeah. I hope we didn't, you know, I always say this when we have guests, but I hope we didn't talk over you. Me and Cole can get in kind of a rhythm and I, I don't, I hope we didn't take up too much air in the room. That's not the intent. No, you know? no, not at all. I mean, <laughs> you guys warned me up front. I mean, you guys kind of told me that a lot of people get sucked into just listening. That happened to me numerous times where you guys would then be like, hey, Matt, what's your take on this? And they'd be like, oh, crap, I'm still here. I'm not oh, just yeah. listening. <laughs> Shit. Oh. Uh, hold on. We, we really do appreciate it. I like the, you know, there were things I was negative about this game, but I do appreciate the the chance to revisit it. And it was really interesting to talk about. And the conversation, like, for people listening at home to let people know like we recorded both these episodes in one session so we are entering into hour six of recording mm -hmm. um and i think we kept an energy up which is that's kind of rare for that much recording yeah I think that's um that's yeah. in the interest of the subject matter yes and and so. and, and matt kudos to you for for for, for tagging along for that yeah <laughs> for and, and just a good pick yeah so actually i'm surprised i thought it was going to take a lot longer than this i <laughs> i was on board for i was prepped for 10 to 12 hours nice. oh wow <laughs> yeah yeah I'm uh, you know, we, and we could have, we could have done that like with that, but I just feel like, you know, I, I blame, uh, I blame the, the temples for that Yeah, <laughs> because there, there's a good, like six hours. We got to just like literally scoot by in about two minutes. Yeah. And, and finally, uh, we did let Matt go again, uh, mm -hmm. just so we wouldn't have to hear us use our admin voices, because that's, uh, <laughs> you know, nobody needs to see that. We're not married or anything. Except <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it to thousands of people right now. Yeah, yeah, but anonymously. <laughs> yes, true. It's, it's one way. It's time for the admin glory. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Hey, that can't I'm stick. I'm sorry. That can't stick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't make the I'm, rules. I just I don't make the rules. It's just, yeah. Anywho. Um, thanks. Uh, thank you again, Matt. 
We mm-hmm. really do appreciate it. Uh, these were fun episodes and definitely like we're sitting down and recording six hours in a row mm-hmm. all in one sitting. We're like way breezier and higher energy than I expected. And uh, that's part of the game, but also partly Matt. Yeah. Uh, and your enthusiasm helped carry us through. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we talk about it a lot, but the best way to support us is at patreon.com slash duckfeed TV. Um, there you can get uh, not only bonus content, like extra episodes of Abject Suffering, but full episodes of this show. You know, next yeah. next month in February, uh, the Bioshock Infinite episode for people on the public feed, they will get through the generalities. Uh, but patrons, they're going to get the whole thing. Yep. And, you know, we recognize some people, uh, you know, who like the show. They're like, ah, you know, I can't afford it. The, those backlogs stay on yeah, there. So, yeah. you, know, you can, you can, you know. Put aside $1 per month for five months and then uh, patronize us and you'll get those five episodes. You'll get that trove. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get, you'll get that whole trove. So we want to make it easy for people. We just also need to support ourselves. So yes. hopefully you understand. Um, you get a lot though at mm-hmm. $5. It's not just uh, those full episodes of off. Like you also get bonus episodes of abject suffering. If you don't listen to that show, you get our, you know, we brought back bonfireside chat, mm-hmm. which you get, you get access to our Slack. You get to submit prompts for our watch out for fireballs dispatch episodes uh, prompts and questions so you just we try to do a lot of value for that like we're not yes. here to tell you what five dollars a month should mean to you but we do want to give you a lot for your five dollars per month yeah yeah well we can't say for certain is how much we put into that yes that, that, and, that's and, that, that, that that's what we can say we feel we, yeah. we, we we feel like it is it's it, it's the, a lot yeah. at the end of a, a six-hour day yeah of just <laughs> talking nonstop like the uh you know <laughs> yeah. not complaining like it was really fun and breezy like again as i mentioned but just we do know what we put into it yeah yeah um, um yeah. at uh at ten dollars uh so it might be a tough putt however you do get um bonus shows uh gary you and will just put out the first app of winging it with will just winging it with will as the time we recorded it's a while ago by the time this comes out uh but no you went to a wings a wings restaurant and you talked about fallout 76 yeah, a 45 minute long outdoor conversation about Fallout 76. There are weird passersby mm-hmm. glaring at us. There are uh, ambulances that go by. <laughs> it is very, uh, somebody, I, I mentioned Wait, this. You live in a company. city? <laughs> I do. I live in a city. Um, one of my, one, somebody on the, the Patreon said this, and I call this out and everything to Guppy too, but it is just like an absolutely brutal own, which is like, it's Duckfeed's foray into music concrete, uh, which is the genre of music that like revolution number nine is, uh, you know, unquestionably the dumbest thing the Beatles ever did. Mm. Uh, you know, as, as, I think it's fighting with about half of the white album for that, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know though, man. Like, number nine, number nine, um, like, <laughs> the uh so somebody brutally owned us with that but people tend to actually tend to like it and we're going to do more of those just talking about games that me and will have played mm-hmm. um or you, one you of and us i are going to talk about uh themes the thief simulator yeah with winging it with will <laughs> episode two Cole and gary talk about thief simulator <laughs> i mean duck, the, winging it with will is one thing it's all under the duck yeah. presents banner yeah, it's all Duckfeed presents. I'm just calling them different things. I haven't come up with a funny, punny name for me and Cole just doing one-off game stuff. But yeah. I, I just want to be able to talk. I, it, I just want my own level segment, but just bespoke and outside. Yeah. So it, it's, it's my own way of saying what you play in. Um, yeah. So it's but it's fun. It's good. We're gonna do stuff like that. But also, um, it is uh, you get adaptation decay once per month, mm-hmm. um, and you also get a, a, a huge backlog of bonus episodes. Yes. So, you know, 60 plus things from um, old abject sufferings mostly, but also other shows, um, old adaptation decays, things like that. You just yeah. get this huge fire hose of back episode stuff. Yeah. 
So it's good. Again, we can't tell you what your money's worth to you, but we want to make you feel like you're getting a good value for when you spend it. Yes. Um, if you uh, if you have anything to say about River City Ransom, uh, it's probably too late actually for River City Ransom. Yes, it is too late uh, for that. It is not too yep. late to talk to us about uh, Super Mario Brothers Two, the American version. Uh, if you have a if you have lost levels thoughts, go ahead and throw those in too. Yeah, well, uh, we're definitely going to do like a tight five to ten or whatever on the lost levels because yeah. that episode we we don't want to do split EPs anymore. But that episode will be really short, and you yeah. can't really talk about Doki Doki Panic without talking about the lost levels. Yes, and uh, we both like the lost levels. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, which makes us outliers in the industry and hunted for sport. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so in between dodging sniper fire, we're going to talk about how the lost levels are actually like with a thousand caveats pretty good yes yeah um also uh, in february we're talking about pyre and we are talking about bioshock infinite yep uh and with bioshock infinite a lot of people have asked if we're doing the dlcs i'm gonna do my best to revisit them mm-hmm. um, i'm ahead on assignment play so i think i can do that so we will definitely talk about them if we don't go point by point through them yeah i think we can talk about like in broad strokes what each episode is and like, like uh, what it accomplishes yeah yep what accomplishes for the story the kind of tonal shifts because i do really feel and i've said this for years, like I, a long time ago, I wanted to pitch an essay of, or like a, an article or something about how like developers can use DLC to apologize for a main game. Mm-hmm. And the Bioshock Infinite DLCs sound like that. Like, yeah. oh, you thought that, oh, stealth wasn't viable and the games are too violent. Mm-hmm. Well, what if you can't kill people and you can only do stealth? You know, it, <laughs> right. oh, like you did not like that uh, Fitzroy, uh, you know, w- was villainized. You know, here's why. Here's the exact weird behind the scenes of her being forced to be, you know. Yeah. It just feels like them backpedaling on all these dumb decisions they made in the main game. Yeah. Uh, and the DLC to me. And, uh, yeah. But but also, you get Frank Fontaine back, which, like, I can't be mad at that. <laughs> yep. You may have lost the voice, but he's, he, yeah. he has not lost the place in the heart. I haven't lost the spirit. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's going to be our premium episode for that month, um, as we mentioned before. But if you have anything to say about those, hit us up at the uh, at slash contact. If you have things to say about multiple games, please separate them. Please do. Um, you know the other stuff, reviews, um, writing about us on social media, telling your friends, all of that, and just plain sticking around. We're happy to have you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and, and uh, until next time, um, this was our story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>